heard that or if it was just me anybody here recording in progress all right so michael gevin here the mind mechanic for your mind tune up time tuesday 2 p.m central standard time every single tuesday uh, you can go to mindtuneuptimelive.com to register for these sessions and join in live and um, you can also uh, join the Facebook group. They're streamed into the Facebook group as well every week. And as I was just saying to everybody before I started recording, uh, if you're listening here because you're not on Zoom or in Facebook, you're listening on the podcast already. And so it's available on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, and if you're on there and you're finding value in this, leave a little review. Let people know that you're finding value. And if you, if you don't plan on listening to this particular podcast because you show up live and you've been on these, It'd be super awesome if you went on uh, iTunes, if you do listen to other podcasts and leave this one a review. So you can go to Mind Tune Up Time and you should be able to find me or type in Michael Gavin. You should see my name, my smiling face and Mind Tune Up Time. So appreciate y'all being here today. And so this is a, this is a call that I've designed every week to um, really give back. It's complimentary. I don't charge for this. The only thing I really I charge for right now is access to kind of one on one and, and group coaching where I'm interacting. Like last week, we did our first call on Thursday um, at 2 p.m. And I got through, I think, five people just boom, boom, and just working through and having people listening in. And those are really, really powerful. Um, and so you can head on over to the mindmechanic.net if you want to learn more about that. But this call is a give back been doing it for, I think, 12 weeks now, um, every week consistently coming on here and, and just uh, going after it. And I want really the, the creatives, the, you know, people like my buddy who's coming on here, his dad, Steve Sissel would say, uh, he, he doesn't consider himself an entrepreneur. He just considers himself someone who doesn't like being told what to do. And I don't know how many of you can uh, res resonate with that. Um, I've given this story before. I don't know if I've given it to all of you, but I've definitely said it many times. Um, and while you're leaving your question, if you're popping on there so I can look back, we've got one from Dee and, and, and Robin um, and uh, Alonzo. So leave your questions in there. What would be something you could walk away with this call if you had a question, a thought, something you needed help with? What would be something I could give some insight to that would be really helpful? So this aspect that um, two designers... Uh, two designers, and they're great designers. And you can plug in, when you're listening to this, you can plug in your videographer, you love filming, you love editing, um, you love writing, you love drawing, you love designing, you love crafting, you love creating, whatever that is, um, but you like to get your hands dirty doing it. And what I mean by that is not out in the dirt and the mud, of course, but you want to be the one doing the speaking, the writing, the filming, the editing, right? It doesn't mean you're never going to get any help, but these two designers, they essentially love designing. They're rocking and rolling designing, getting really great at designing, but at their place of employment, they're thinking, oh, I want that next step up. I want that next level. I want that promotion. And the promotion is to really manage a team of designers. You won't be designing. Let's say just take 40 hours. You were designing 40 hours a week and you're getting better and better and better and better, but you want to make more money. You want a promotion. And this is using the context of employment versus self-employment or entrepreneurship. But essentially they, they both get the promotion at these separate places. They get the promotion and six months pass and one is thrilled. They're like, this is amazing. This was a dream come true. I'm having a blast. I'm loving every minute of it. Whilst the other person, 
is not happy, not satisfied, and starts to question what is wrong with them because they thought this is the next level, it's more money, it's the, it's the next step, right? Because we talk about these things from time to time. Well, we're going to go to the next level, right? What's the next level? And next levels can come in all shapes and sizes. You know, some people are never going to next level their cars necessarily because they don't really care about cars. Some people are going to next level their home because they don't really care about homes, right? So what's that next level for you? But it won't be the same for everybody. And so this aspect that one is thrilled and one isn't, but the key point here to differentiate is that the promotion now involved managing the designers versus designing. So the person was spending more time managing people and managing a team of people designing than they were getting to spend time actually designing. And for the one person, that was the next level. That was something that they were loving. It was their next evolution in who they are. And they were thrilled. Whilst the other person really wasn't. It wasn't the next step. Because for them, they love designing. And so some of you in this entrepreneurial mindset, I believe, versus, uh, and, you know, this is left to interpretation, but I seem to attract and I tend to be more like the person who actually would rather be doing the design, in this case, doing the coaching or the speaking, than I would managing or having people that I manage or whatever, having a team of speakers and coaches. And neither is right or wrong. Neither is really better or worse. But what happens is, is if you're forcing yourself to fit in to the one that is seeming to be the norm or what you should do or what you should be expected to do, you'll live frustrated versus living fulfilled. Now, everything comes with its different pros and cons and different challenges. But what I find is, is that a lot of people are having their metaphoric cars in park and they're not moving because they're so paralyzed by all the options in front of them that they don't pick anything. And so they don't do anything and we don't move forward. So my goal on these types of calls and tuning up people's minds and the thing that I find to be so powerful is to really just getting people to make decisions and act and move forward to make progress but to recognize what is the thing that you really want to do. And I find that more like how many of you are really doing what you really love to do? Like, and I mean, not a little bit of the time. I mean, a lot. I mean, over 80% of the time in your professional setting of work, you are doing the things that you are thrilled to do, that you are absolutely loving doing, right? Versus you're like, well, I get to, I do, do do things I love. I do things I like, but man, there's a lot that I don't like. There's a lot that I don't want to do. And then I would look at your business and your income in relationship to that. If somebody's on here and they're crushing it income-wise, I mean, there's a number of variables usually here, but like the crushing it income-wise, I find that those people are tending to have more things they like doing than they don't like doing. 
And people who are really struggling income-wise, typically, not always, there's transition periods, but typically have more things that they don't like doing than they like doing. And because that weight is heavier, there's more in it, there tends to be more inaction you know, you tend to not move, make progress and, and, and move forward when you have things that in the back of your mind, you wish you didn't have to do. You don't want to do. You don't like doing. Right. And so my thing, and, and you've seen it on some of these calls, is to get people. I'm not looking for someone's what, what's the best opportunity, because here's the thing. What's the best opportunity will be different for everybody. Because the best opportunity for you is the opportunity that you're going to actually follow through with consistently, that you're going to show up consistently to, not the one you show up for three weeks to and then leave it and then go show up to another one. And believe me, I get it. I've done it a thousand times in my career. I mean, I was the epitome of buying freaking, you know, business cards and websites and URLs and doing all these things that I didn't make a dime from something. I get an idea, oh, let's buy this URL, you know, crazyapps.com. You know, I had DVDs and more something because I was going to try to be an affiliate back in 2006 selling, you know, DVDs and like sending people to DVDs and more.com and, and, you know, search engine optimization and people are going to find my site through SEO and then they're going to buy my things, you know, that, that link up to these other sites and I'll get some money because I drove the traffic to it. And a lot of those things that I tried to do, there were people succeeding. It wasn't a byproduct. Whatever each one of you on this call are trying to, 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 to do right now, most of you, you're not the only, it's not, it's not an industry or a, a service or something you're offering that there's no one else on earth who succeeds doing it. And you're like going to be the first person ever on earth to achieve success and make money doing this particular thing. Right. It's just, it's not the case. So when we think about it, the fact that it's not working isn't typically a byproduct of where we live and what age we are. And, you know, we started too late or we're too old or, you know, I, I don't know enough people or I'm introverted or extroverted or any of these things. Because what I've found is, is for any given scenario, if you're introverted and you're wanting to be a musician, there are introverts succeeding as musicians. If you're an extrovert and you're a musician, there's extroverts succeeding as a musician, right? There are any given category, there is someone succeeding at high levels in that particular thing. But to the degree that we are looking at our deficits, right, versus our assets, and we're focused more on what we don't have than what we already have. And I find a lot of people have a lot more skill sets than they give themselves credit for and or know what it is that they really want to do, but you don't know how. And I deal with this, right? Full transparency. The only thing really left that I'm finessing and playing around with a little bit is really my offer in coaching. Full transparency. I always try to be on here. It's like, I don't try to stand up on a pedestal mountaintop and always act like, man, I got all the answers and I got everything figured out and I don't have any problems or challenges or difficulties. Life is just rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns. And my gosh, I just, wow, too bad for all those, those people that got problems. Like, good Lord. I mean, come on. Problems. What are those? I remember those back in 1995. Problems, right? But what is that now? No, I'm not that. Right. But 
I've taken things step by step by step, day by day by day, year by year by year, and essentially have continued to, to chisel away at things to where, yeah, I don't have lots of what I would consider problems in the sense of like, man, life is so difficult and so hard anymore. And I've been saying this lately, that one of my bigger missions now is to get people to, to, to feel safe, secure, fulfilled, happy, satisfied now, today, in a sustainable way without paying off all your debt. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to pay off debt if you have debt without making $10,000 a month, without getting married, getting divorced. I mean, all these things have different consequences, right? Or different feelings attached to them because you may be unhappy in a marriage. So it's like getting divorced may bring you the satisfaction, right? But there's all these things that at times we're looking for the circumstance, the situation, the achievement, the outcome, the goal, the money, the finances, right? For us to, as a default, be at peace, feel satisfaction, fulfillment, have fun. And I know I lived that way for a long time. It was always very future oriented. Like I'm chasing, I'm pursuing, right? How many of you uh, have ever like experienced a dog that you run at and it runs away versus running at you or something where when you chase it, it runs, it, it's further away, right? And so what I find is that, right, if you are satisfied with where you are now, things can always improve and be even more satisfied. Absolutely. Like I say things like, you know, my relationship with my wife gets better and better you know, every year, every day, right? It's not because I'm coming from a place of my relationship with my wife isn't good, right? I'm not coming from negative getting to positive. I'm at positive getting even more positive, right? And again, I'm a human. I'm not a robot. So I have human experiences and feelings. I've been a little exhausted here for a week or so because we've been watching our, our puppies like hawks for the last seven days because our little Bonnie uh, got fixed. And, you know, there's a brother and sister and they can't be, um, you know, technically alone. And then we separate them because they've been together for the last seven months. You know, that's a whole thing. And so overall, outside of this week, they won't really need to be separated. And so, you know, my wife and I are taking shifts and doing things and I'm sleeping on the couch and I'm letting her sleep because, you know, it's just who I am. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm like, well, honey, because we decided we'll go back and forth because we were both sleeping on the couch. And then it was like, well, you, you go up there. I want you to get your extra rest. I'm pretty good with less sleep, but you know, then I'm sleeping fine. Cause we were going to go back and forth. I'm like, nah, we're developing a pattern right now. It's good. We'll just keep it. Um, my back's not hurting. I'm getting the sleep. They're doing good. You're doing good. We're good. And so we, we found a solution because initially for the first few days, I was like, oh my God, we got like two hours of sleep the first night and I was dying. Right? I felt like, and there's that language, right? I wasn't literally dying, but that's how and we've got to watch that. And I say that, I say the power of language all the time, right? So that aspect, I wasn't dying. I was exhausted. I was really tired. I felt that that made my fuse shorter, but it wasn't a source of like, man, life sucks and it's miserable. Right. And then we solved it. And ultimately we know it's fleeting, right? But if you have a career, a job, or you're an entrepreneur, you've built something up and you've reached a place where effectively you don't know how to get out of it. Some people have that. They're entrepreneurs. They're not, you know, they're self-employed and they've reached a state where they loved what they did and now they don't anymore. And I've been through that. 
And the thing I mentioned earlier about the true entrepreneur, what I find is, is that those two different types of people, there's the people who would rather be getting their hands dirty, doing the work, creating. And then there's people who at times they fall into the role where they can manage people. Again, neither right or wrong, but you know, if you're trying really hard, I go fish, climbing a tree, right? Monk, get up with the monkeys. If you're that person trying to force yourself to want to be at that next level and manage people, you may be very dissatisfied. And then that dissatisfaction is going to affect all areas of your life and typically will then affect your income. I have seen people who got businesses to certain places. Uh, one specifically, I'm thinking of a couple million dollars in revenue. Then they're the CEO, they're the owner, they're the founder. And then they were kind of managing people and managing the team. And the company started to go backwards because too many people's ego. So well, I'm the founder, I'm the CEO. Like I started this thing, but for that person going back into a role of really just marketing and covering this small little team and just doing the marketing and the messaging rather than being at the top and hire a bunch of marketers and, and managing the team and doing all that, that was not, they did not want to do that. They did not like dealing with people in that capacity. And so they went back and then they were far more fulfilled. And then actually the company doubled over the next 24 months. And so my thing is, is the more you can align with what is the right thing for you, not what other people are doing, not what other people are liking, not what's working for other people. Life is not plug and play when it comes to that worked for them. It's going to work for me. I brought this up a couple of weeks ago and this theme will keep coming back, right? Fact versus fiction. What is something that's a fact, meaning it's true for everyone? And what is something that is fiction, meaning it's kind of made up, right? When we think about this idea, one of my coaching classes is bringing up this aspect of being triggered and how he watched this YouTube video. He started to get angry about it and he's reading comments and people are saying they're getting migraines, right? So what is that for you? What ad do you see? What person do you see? What client reaches out? What thing is happening where you're very triggered by that? See, the thing is, with something like that, you're allowing yourself to be triggered because it's not a fact. It's a fact for you in that moment, whatever it is, but that same scenario happening to 20 different people would have 20 different outcomes. Not everybody's going to be triggered by it or mad or upset or irritated or angry. So when you start to really get that certain things are facts, true for everyone, and certain things are fiction, meaning made up by you. So if you're making up in your mind that a certain amount of money will have you feel safe and secure, how many of you are making, I'm going to throw, I don't know how old y'all are. I seem to have a crowd that's somewhere between, you know, 30 and 70 something years old. So I'm going to say 20 years. How many of you are making, just out of curiosity, how many of you are making, I know I need to set up the polls ahead of time. You can't set them up on, uh, uh, I don't think I can set them up unless I do them ahead of time, but essentially, um, how many of you are making $10,000, just I'm going to say $10,000, $10,000 more now than you were 20 years ago, just $10,000, anybody? Are you making $10,000 more? I'm just curious. Yes or no in the chat? Just a simple yes or no. It's all we need. It's making less. Okay. Yes. No. Yes. Okay. We just right back and forth. Uh, who else on here? There's 25 of you on here. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. 
Yes, no. Right? So to what degree of satisfaction do you have relative to then? Right? When have you had sustained, if you can think, depending on where your, your attitude mindset is right now, when have you bought something, achieved something, uh, achieved a certain amount of money, got a certain client, quit a job, started a business? When was the feeling of fun and fulfillment and joy sustained? If it's sustained for you, right? Have you hit that? Like, do you feel absolute satisfaction? Right? Or do you have a high? Somebody bought, you bought something like, oh my God, this is so awesome. You're so excited. And then five seconds later, five minutes later, five days later, boom. And you're looking for that new hit, right? That new hit. What's that new hit that's going to give you that high for that moment, right? Reaching for more. And I think that's the thing, Robin, you've brought it up. I'm not, I think some people are afraid of what I say. I can see where it can happen. Right. Some people, their their need or desire in their mind for more and for some kind of achievement in the future, that then, right, this pursuit, I'm pursuing something that then when I hit that, my problems go away, my challenges go away, life will be great, I'll be satisfied, I'll be free, I'll have time freedom and financial freedom, right, that someday, and my goal is achieve it today. Yeah, you'll be, you'll have things happen. I get it. But today, now, how's that happen? Well, likely you can get that that sounds all wonderful, wonderful and fuzzy today. But we all have certain default programming, right? If your life's a roller coaster of emotions, you're like super happy today, you're super dissatisfied tomorrow, you're super happy for a week, then you're super dissatisfied or depressed for three weeks, like, and you're on this just constant, you know, roller coaster versus more moments. And moments to me can last hours and depending on what it is could last days. But how much is that emotional roller coaster, right? And if it's working for you, I go like this. If you can't see me, two thumbs up. If that's working for you, if the roller coaster of like high highs and low lows is like, you're like, I love that. I love being super depressed for like four or five months and having feel like I want to jump off a cliff. But then I love the highs. They're amazing. And I'm not talking about just go through life, you know, super neutral, right? But simultaneously, this aspect of like, Grateful for today, new levels, new challenges, right? Now, what's interesting is I love that. Some people, new levels, new challenges. Like some people are looking for that next challenge whilst other people are like, I'm tired of being challenged. I mean, I've had people on calls like this. They're like, I'm exhausted, right? I'm absolutely exhausted. I'm tired. And I feel for that because I've been there where it's like, I'm tired, right? Just from doing certain things, right? And it's okay to be tired. I am not sitting here expecting people who interact with me, show up to these calls to be rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns, and everything's just amazing. And I'm so happy all day, every day. It's just so great. Come on now, right? That's not what I'm expecting. But I do think that there's a level where we can default to that, right? That's our default. And then things happen that throw us off here and there versus 
a lot of times people are like driving under rain clouds and every once in a while the sun comes out and they're like, oh man, it's so nice. Oh, here comes the rain again. I don't know why I'm always feel like it's always raining, right? And that's how it is. It's like they, they come up, they get a breath and it dissipates, right? So it's okay to be tired. It's okay to, you know, uh, not, you know, to be, to be stressed, to be worried, but to have the ability to understand how you can develop your mind in such a way where you don't have to stay there, right? Um, yeah, so let's do some Q&A here. Uh, let me pull back up here. You can use the Q&A box. Um, let me scroll back up to the top for a second. Where did it go? There was a couple of things that popped in here. <laughs> D. Ryan, uh, need motivation to get motivated. Uh, I'd love if you want to elaborate on that, but right, like, what's that thing? Need motivation to get motivated. And, and that's what comes to my mind instantaneously around that is, is the aspect of um, accountability, not accountability that can be empowering, but accountability that's disempowering to me. That's just for most situations, I don't think it's um, what we should be seeking out. So some of us are seeking accountability or motivation for people to get us to do things that quite frankly, we don't want to do. And my assertion to that is we've got to really look at things. I've brought this up before. If you're having, you know, I won't go through the whole story right now, but there was a conversation that quote unquote really needed to be had with my mom. Um, and this happened last year. And I brought this up, I think a few weeks ago. So, um, but like no amount of money on the world was going to solve that problem, right? Solve that challenge. The biggest way it was going to be solved was through conversation that I had been avoiding. And so that is something I needed courage. That is something I needed to push through. That is something that whatever, like it was something I procrastinated on, right? Motivation. I need to be motivated to do it, whatever. But like, that is something that sustainably after it happened, and it wasn't something I needed to learn like massive amounts of skill sets. Like this wasn't like, you know, learning how to become an expert guitar player. And I'm like, oh God, I'm so far. I don't know how to play the guitar at all. Right. And you really want to play it, but that's just the thing. And if you were trying to go, I can't play the guitar at all. And I want to make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year playing the guitar. You're going to feel like you're a hundred miles away because if you don't know how to play the guitar and you feel like the only way to make a hundred thousand dollars in your life or, you know, in a year would be to play the guitar and you're at ground zero, that could be very defeating because you have so much to go. And you're like, you got to reach this point before you're going to be good enough to play guitar so you can make money doing it. Right. But that conversation was just having the conversation. That was it. Having the courage to have the conversation. So did I have fears there? Sure. I had all this stuff in my mind made up about what would happen and why this and that. And yet once I did it, up, 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 better, better, better in that particular situation. Right. But there's certain skill sets and talents that people may or may not have currently that my thing is, is that I'm always looking to build my business, my business in a way that I'm either eliminating things that I don't want to do or I figure out how to delegate it. Because I'm at a stage in my life where I just, because I'm not achieving to achieve a feeling anymore overall, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not chasing 
doing something so that then I can be happier or feel better or, you know, uh, prove something to someone. I don't have anything to prove to anybody anymore. I, I'm not trying to achieve something so that I can, I can feel something. So for me, my biggest discernment is like, am I doing things that I love? It doesn't mean not being challenged. Um, you know, it's a challenge to continue to potentially improve these calls. How do I, how do I make sure that people, you know, are getting value out of this? That when I'm speaking, I'm not wasting people's time, right? And they're like, wow, that was, I came to this. This guy's been, you know, flaunting this thing for weeks. I finally show up and that was a colossal waste of 30 minutes, right? Now, well, some people may feel that way. That's fine. And the majority don't. So it's not that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have everyone on a call always completely satisfied. I have that expectation set. But at the same time, there's that aspect that I've designed things in a way to where I know myself well enough and know where I'll get held up and where I'll keep moving. And where I keep moving is typically in the areas that like I can get better and better, 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 better at this. But where I'll procrastinate if somebody says, oh, well, you really need to have a slide presentation. I brought this up to some of you before. But like for me, contrasting as a speaker and plug this into being a designer, being a videographer, being a, a writer, being a whatever, right? There's lots of categories within it. Like just speaking. I mean, I could speak to somebody on the phone all day, every day and be in customer support for AT&T. That would be talking to people, right? Think about that. I could do what I'm doing, talking, if we just dumb it down to talking, I could get a job with AT&T, be talking to people all day long, have an endless array of people to talk to, right? Think about that. Endless array. There'd be people calling all day long. Michael Gavin here with AT&T. How can I help you? Hey, I just want to let you know that my phone hasn't been working for the last 30 seconds. You want to tell me what's wrong with it? I've been an AT&T customer for the last 18 years, and I'm telling you right now, my phone hasn't been working. I can't make calls. It's ruining my business, man. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I can just feel my heart drop right now as I even speak like that and or, or receive that someone speaking to me like that, right? Like, y'all, y'all, y'all with me? You imagine somebody calling you up on the phone right now, chewing you out like that? Yeah. So I could be on the phone all day talking to people. My dream talking, right? If I just say, I just want to talk to people. Yeah, but there's a lot of ways I can talk to people and there's a lot of ways I could make money talking to people. And this is what I was saying earlier about the entrepreneurial thing. The people I attract, you care a lot about what you're doing. As do I. I've had people go, man, you're really great at sales, man. You can just be a sales guy for somebody. I'm like, I don't want to talk that way, right? Like I'm very particular about the kind of talking that I want to do. So if you're a musician, a designer, a writer, a photographer, a videographer, I can almost bet money, I bet my life that you care a heck of a lot about what you're editing, about what you're shooting, about what you're writing, about what you're designing. In the early days, a lot of people don't. They're like, I don't care what I'm doing now. I'm just getting, I'm excited. I'm getting paid to, to write. I'm just excited. I'm getting paid to play my music, right? But usually people gravitate towards something. The people that I attract, they gravitate towards something. And then they might not be able to know how to make that work from a business standpoint, but they're not like, I'll just do anything for money, right? I like video. Well, but I don't like that kind of video. Well, I don't like that, right? So I'm gonna read the chat here for a second. It's the best way to talk to people for you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that would be a programmed job. 
right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this here is fab. Yeah, just like hearing other people's perspective to get my creativity. Uh, I'm low energy. Oh, okay. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's very fascinating. And that's where when you get very clear on what you don't want, you get very clear on what you do want. You might not know how. That's the thing. You might not know how, but that ultimately when you get clear, and sometimes it takes trying a lot of different things. You never heard the firm, firm, uh, uh, term late bloomer, right? I've told the story about the bamboo tree. The idea that the bamboo tree, to the best of my knowledge, from the stories and the things I've read, you 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 taking soil, you know, taking care of the soil, water in the the area, and people around, man, they're looking at you like, what are you doing? I'm 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 watering my my bamboo tree. Oh, really? And then two years pass, and there ain't no bamboo tree coming out of the ground, and people looking at you like crazy. Bamboo tree supposedly takes upwards of five years before it comes out of the ground. When it comes out of the ground, it grows like 90 feet in five months. So we're all different. Some of us are the, 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 the bamboo trees, right? So what can you do to stop overthinking? Mm. Great question, Robin. Great question. So the overthinking, right? Here, here, here's the thing. It's obviously a problem when we want to stop something. Because that's where I would assert that when we take something like overthinking, is overthinking a fact or fiction as in a problem? Is, 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 is it a fact that overthinking is a problem for everyone on earth? Or is overthinking a problem for some people and not for others? Is thinking deeply about things for three months and then acting, working for some people, but making other people feel as though it's they're not going anywhere and they're never making progress because the overthinking actually has them paralyzed and never acting, right? Because you find this, you talk yourself out of that, and then you do this and you start over again and you're always able to, to never feel that something is complete enough. Yeah. So what I find is, let me give you a scenario with um, expectations. I think expe expectations um, is a make or breaker in a lot of everything in life, right? We've all probably gone to the movies and seen a movie that we knew nothing about and never watched a trailer and then ended up loving that movie, right? Anybody anybody have that sometimes? You, you, you had something, you didn't know anything about it, you saw the movie and you're like, dang, that was a really good movie. I really liked that movie. Wow, that was awesome. And I, I didn't know nothing about that. And you're telling everybody about it. You're like, man, I saw this movie. You got to go see this movie. I didn't hear anything about it. I just freaking such and such told me to go, right? So you got that, right? No expectations, right? You're just like, oh my God, this is a great movie. But that's exactly it. It was literally zero. So anything above zero made it better than not good, right? But then you got the movies that you, you, you go see because they've been hyped for like three years. Right. They've been talked about. They're everywhere. They're in the trailers. You know, they're pounding it ads everywhere. You've been hearing about this movie. Right. And it's oh, the best movie on earth. So you go to this movie. And you're like, I mean, it was OK. It was all right. I mean, it wasn't what I thought it would be. Right. Because you had an expectation of what that movie would be like. It'd be this level of good, or this would happen, or this was going to happen in the movie, right? And then you hated it, or you didn't like it, or it wasn't as good because it didn't live up to what? The expectations to the hype. So the interesting thing is for some of you, you got expectations in your mind. You got hype in your mind, or other people have hyped you. 
webinars, ads have hyped you. You know, seven day challenge, make $10,000 in seven days, right? Oh, wait, can't do it in the seven days, right? It's going to take you buying this thing and then you'll be able to make the 10,000. We just wanted to get you in, right? Bait and switch. People feel that. But there's this expectation that you create. So if, if, um, Never feeling like something is complete, fact versus fiction. Always think that, right? Fact versus fiction. So is it a fact? Is it, is it complete, Robin? Or is it fiction? Have you created an expectation of how something should look, how it should be, how big it should be, how much money you should be making, that it should look like, and it's not there yet. It's not there yet. Ah, it's never going to be as good as, or you look at somebody else doing what you're doing and go, I'm never going to get there. I did that for years with this work right here. You know, you're, you're comparing, you're judging, you're looking at other people and going, Pfft. I mean, name whoever. I'm not even going to name names right now. Whoever it is that's big in personal development that you look up to, likely I know of them, right? I'd be like, well, they've been doing it for 30 years. My God, look at what they do. They travel all over the place. I mean, I used to look at some of the people that I would see and hang around with or film for. And most of them that I saw were traveling 300 days out of the year. And I thought, oh, my God, like, is that what it's going to take for me to make a living, you know, uh, coaching and speaking and inspiring people and helping people? Like, I'm going to travel 300 days out of the year. Like, God, I just ugh, does not sound fun. Like, I'm already doing that for video. Right. Right. So, OK, perfect. I love this. I love Robin's interaction. Should it be 10 chapters before it's released or can I do three and release more later? Fact or fiction? There can be a million opinions, Robin, including yourself. And you go ask people's opinions, and they're going to give you tons of opinions. Now, Robin, you need to have 20 chapters. Oh, crap. I only got 10 so far, right? You know what I learned? We used to make movies. We'd spend nine months making a movie, and before there was really the internet with the capacity of what it has today, exactly. Minimum viable product. Ship it, right? But see, Travis, as I hear that and I and I plug myself into the mentality of Robin, Travis might already be hardwired to go, but hey, man, I got two chapters, put it out there. Or, hey, some people go, I don't got any chapters, but a book cover. And I'm going to say, hey, who wants to buy my book? It's not even, I haven't even written a word, right? So there's all different people who still, you can connect with MVP, minimum viable product, but that still can paralyze somebody. What's the minimum viable product? How much do I need? How perfect, perfect does it need to be? right? This is where massive imperfect action, take MIA.com. You can listen to my audiobook on it, right? MIA, imperfect. Nothing's perfect. Some people like are going to be like, dude, I love that color shirt. That's one of my favorite colors. And somebody like, yeah, I don't know that blue looks too good on you, right? I don't know about that background. Man, it's too many, too many, too many, too many motivational words, man. Tone it down a little bit, man. You don't need that much. Maybe take that hope, dream, inspire one down, right? I get it, choice of titles. But there's the thing too, and I've had that, Robin. I get that being paralyzed. I get it. I'm 99% I'm of what I talk about in these calls and you will ever hear me talk about, I've had probably some level of issue with that. The things that, or I'm going through it, which I also bring up, right? So I get the titles. Full, full, uh, Anybody happening to listen to this that is on the podcast? My podcast, just to let you know, started out in 2014. Now, I just chose, is what it is? Is it right or wrong? I don't really care. 
right? But here's what happened specifically for my podcast. Geb's Juice, that's the name of my original podcast. I did 150 episodes of Geb's Juice, right? 150 episodes, then I stopped. Didn't load anything till I think 2018. Then I did four episodes of what I called the Geb Show. Then I actually, can't really fully remember why, deleted those. So those aren't even available on there right now. But I did four of those. I literally changed the graphic, changed the title. So it was called Geb's Juice, had a Geb's Juice graphic, had 150 Geb's Juice episodes, which are still up there to listen to, actually. Then it became the Geb's Show, and it had a new graphic and a new title and a couple episodes. Then I gave up, stopped doing that. Then I didn't do anything for about a year-ish. Then I called it Jumpstart Sessions. And then I did about 50 episodes of that before I stopped. And um, changed the graphic, changed the title, had episodes load up. Those are actually still there. So the 150, 148 or something Geb's Juice are up there, right? Exactly. I love that too. That's that's another method. 54321 five, act, Mel Robbins, right? Um, I'm always looking for what resonates with people. That's why people got to find the thing that works for them to get to take the action. But so Geb's Juice, then Geb's Show, then Jumpstart Sessions, and now it's called Mind Tune-Up Time, right? That's me knowing that, and how long will it be Mind Tune-Up Time? Maybe the rest of my life, maybe 10 years, maybe 10 months, maybe 150 episodes again, maybe 1,800 episodes. I don't know, but I've, I've let go that there is a right and wrong way to do things because at the end of the day, it's still in your imagination what is right and wrong. How many of you are getting that intellectually right now? But it's very difficult for you to implement. Just be honest. I don't, there's no judgment, right? But you're getting, you're getting it, but do you feel, so you get it, but do you feel it's difficult? So then type that, I get it. Do you feel it's difficult to implement, to, to really embody that? Right, that that's made up in your imagination. The expectations you create on where you should be right now. You should be making more money. You should be here. You should be debt-free. Well, if you wouldn't have done that, then this wouldn't have happened. And if you wouldn't have had that bad partnership, then you wouldn't have lost 10 months doing this. And I shoulda, coulda, woulda, if I only woulda known a, right? Shoulda, coulda, woulda, if I only woulda known a, right? And things would be different. That's all made up in your mind. That's made up. You can start to make up a new story. You can't make, the past is what it is. The perspective you give to it, you know, can be whatever you give it. But simultaneously, your future is no more real right now. What happens from this day, from this second, moving forward, is no more real right? So that Johnny Jackson, your long lost brother, sister's father's mother's cousin happened to leave you, Janice, $50 million. And that happens tomorrow. Now, if you expect it to happen and it doesn't, you'll likely be disappointed. But to the degree that it could happen, that you're open for the possibility, right? That anything's possible. I used to say that, but it was conditional. I really didn't believe it. I really didn't believe that anything was possible. <laughs> I thought, well, that's possible. That's probably not over there. Now I really believe it. And I'm open to possibilities. I just had two incredible opportunities. Uh, some of you have heard about the whole Sam Card story. It's on, I think, episode, the first one up on the podcast right now. It's called Welcome to uh, Mind Tune-Up Time. 
Um, but like my wife and I, you can do two things. How many of you have lost a job or lost something? But you can look at now because you're outside of it. But you can see that the probability is high. You focused on the lack. You focused on the loss. You focused on what you just was taken away. Okay, perfect. So Margaret just, well, not perfect for you. I get it. Uh, you know, some people, when you're in the thick of things, depending on what I talked about a few episodes ago, positive mental momentum, right? I get it's okay. This is good to play with. And, and, and maybe I'm going to read your comment. I'm recreating my story. This is so parallel to what I come with on Friday night. Thank you so much. I'm completely depressed until this aha moment. Ah, good. I'm glad to hear that. And Margaret, maybe today, if you're up for it, if you're up for it uh, in maybe 10, 15 minutes or so, I can pull you up and do some one-on-one. If, you, if you're up for it and want to put your camera on and I can talk to you, right? Um, that's how I do it. If you, if you haven't been on here before, I don't, I don't know what you've observed before, but usually the second half. Okay, cool. So we'll dig into that. But like our brain will always, we have a bias. So if you're that person that's like, man, things never work out for me. Every time, every time I get going and things are moving, something happens. I was just starting to love that job, man, gosh, dang it. Right. So do you have a, a, a negative mental momentum or a positive mental momentum? And see, for me, what I've recognized is we'll see and get more of our life, what we are focused on, what we are giving our attention to. And so to the degree that when this Sam cart thing that I was doing for seven months went away, that was a fact. They're not paying me anymore. Fact. It's not fiction. I'm not like making it up in my mind. Oh yeah, I'm still receiving money. It's like, but I'm not. Like, no, it's fact. Margaret, lost, quit, fired, whatever happened. She doesn't have that job anymore. They're not going to pay her, right? That's fact. It's not fiction. She's not making it up to the best of my knowledge, right? So, but here's the thing. Do we focus on the whole, the, the, the gap, the not being there, the loss, or do we focus towards where we're going, what we're working towards. And we keep making progress, taking action. It's not being like, you know, naive. You lost your job. You likely have bills to pay and family potentially to take care of. But here's what I found. And my wife said it. it you know, I used to be the only one, you know, throwing out the, the cliches. But she said, one door closes and another door opens. Oh, look at Robin. You just said it. Oh, my God. At the same time, I love those kind of moments. One door closes, another one opens. I had like 20 minutes of like anger and like, ah, I was pissed off and all these things for like 20 minutes on this call when I got called that I only had two weeks left and we don't need you anymore. I was like, oh my God, what the heck? Da, 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 da. I was not Mr. Michael Gavin that some of you would know. I wasn't mean necessarily, but I was, I was definitely not happy. Um, but then after that, all this work I've done, you know, I told my wife and she was cool about it. And, and, and then she started saying all these kind of like, you know, the cliches and I believe in you and da, 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 da. And I'm like, all right. And we were really, truly at peace. It didn't mean I had like, you know, endless amounts of money sitting around. We're like, oh yeah, we're good. I don't need to make money for five years anyway. So it's fine. It was like, no, like, you know, I still got plenty of bills and, 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 uh, you know, not tons of money yet saved up. And so. But to have this peace and satisfaction that it's truly okay. And I didn't focus, I focused in an abundance mindset, not a lack, not a loss. Within two weeks, two doors did open, surpassing the income that I had with the other one. And I believe, you know, when you say yes to something, you say no to something else. 
So when you make decisions to go down a certain road, go down a certain path, doors will start to open that could have never opened until you opened the God dang door, right? That's G-A-W-D, God dang, right? If you keep going back and forth down the same road every day, there are signs and signals and things that you will become very familiar with. Whatever those are, you'll know where they're at. Oh, this one's coming up. Another five seconds and there, oh, there it is, right? You could, you could spell out. If somebody was got in the car with you that's never been down this road, you could describe that street and everything on it and the houses and the signs and the people and the whatever to a T if you've been driving down that road for 10 years. But then there's the end of the road. You're like, oh, God, this is that being paralyzed, crippled, stuck, scared, fearful. You know, it's not perfect. It's not ready. It's not whatever, right? And it's left, right, or straight. You don't know what's down those roads. But until you make the decision to turn left, will you love what's down that road? Maybe or maybe not but new signs and signals will be seen that could go, oh, turn around. It's actually a dead end. Turn around and you can go back and you go back on that other road. You know, oh my God, this is an amazing road. There's so many cool signs and people and, and things down here, but you never see them until you make the decision, until you decide to cut off, to you know, stop just going back and forth, back and forth. If you love that road, there's nothing wrong with it. But sometimes we need to explore these new roads. But there's no, it's not wrong. It's not bad. But when you make those decisions, things will start happening that couldn't happen until you made the decision. So by being at complete peace and satisfaction, this is where the people who are new to the, the woo, if you will, which I was an extreme like, yeah, the woo, the law of attraction people, they're just going to get in their basements and kumbaya around a circle and wish things will happen for them. <laughs> Good luck. Right? That's how I used to be. And now, you know, I still don't kumbaya in my basement and, you know, sit around in a circle and wish things will happen, if you will. But I understand things on a whole new level. And what I, some things have not happened in my life yet. See, what you've got to take is, we're always trying to predict our future based on our past, but you're a new person after this call. Just for those of you who have been on this call right now for 54 minutes, you have heard things, experienced thoughts that you maybe haven't experienced before. Literally, Megan just went, Thank you so much. I was completely depressed until this aha moment. Right? So that's a win, right? That's awesome. I'm super excited. I'm super excited to talk to Margaret, but like, that's a win. So there's things you've heard, ahas you've had, thoughts you've had that have popped up as a byproduct of being on this call, listening, that this new version of you has no longer experienced things that you already did once in your past through that person that you are now. So the person that I've been becoming each and every single day, when this thing with this, this, this SAM card situation that I had, and I love SAM card, by the way, I use it to pay my coaching clients. So hopefully people have understood that through all my, those of you who came from SAM card, uh, heard the story, you didn't interpret it. There's no ill blood. I love guys own that, all of that. It is what it is, right? It opened up that next door for me. I am grateful, but that's all been a work of my mindset. Yeah. At the moment it was like, oh gosh, I wasn't like fully set up financially in other areas, right? That like waiting until we're ready, but so much magic has happened since. I call them M&Ms, magic and miracles, right? And so this aspect that 
I hadn't had what just had happened since I've had this new attitude. So my wife and I are both total peace. We weren't stressed, we weren't worried. And we focused on abundance rather than lack, rather than loss. And within two weeks from things I didn't pursue, there were opportunities I had planted seeds like years ago, but I hadn't reached out to these people. And what could seem like a, a, an accident, a miracle, a coincidence, luck, whatever, these opportunities popped up. And I believe it's because I never focused on there ever being a loss of income at all. And so because my bias, because my view of the world wasn't in the loss and the lack, and man, every time I get screwed over, like I could have done to that mindset, man, I get screwed over. I can't believe this. Honey, what are we going to do? Oh my God. Like, I don't, I don't know, honey. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, I am not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I need to consider Maybe I need to consider it a job. Maybe you need to get a job. Maybe, you you know, I don't know. I, I know you're doing your arts and crafts, but I, yeah, this was a big hit, right? That, I hope you get that. Like that didn't happen, but that's just as easily what could have happened, right? There's always two choices to make when anything happens because everything is neutral till we give it a charge. So when they're like, hey, two weeks left. Hey, Margaret, we don't need you anymore. Whatever happened, right? You're going to have your human experience. Oh my God, what are we going to do? I did do that for like 20 minutes. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? Crap, I wasn't ready, right? But the work, so sometimes you can't stop. So sometimes I'm stop overthinking. So I can't, I yet I haven't figured out. I didn't stop that natural reaction to that situation. I hadn't practiced being in that situation to get to a place where I'm like, yeah, it's good. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate you all. It's been great. And that's, that's great. I wish you all the best of luck. Like I hadn't been in that situation, you know, three, five, 10 times where I've also had it through this mindset where it's like the next time it happens, I'm like, I'm good. That hadn't happened. But what I had been able to practice is after it happened going, okay, practice what we preach, baby. Right. That's where the rubber meets the road, not stopping the human experience but observing it, being aware enough to go, whoa, okay, hold on now. Okay, we're going to be great. Like, this is just going to change some things, tweak some things and move in a different direction. That's what the power of this is, right? The power is I use being pulled out in front of. If you are a person who you get pulled out in front of and every time it happens to you, you get massively triggered, you get irritated, you flip them the bird, you're framming down your horn, you follow them and you run up behind them, right? That's where you can practice not doing that, right? When you feel the, 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 the tenseness, the tightness, and you're all pissed off and you're stressed and you're like, ah, this person freaking pulled out in front of me. You can go, whoa, 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 hold on. There's no point in doing that. What good's that going to do me? I'm alive. I'm kicking. Nothing happened, right? Because there's a higher probability that if you start ramming your foot to the pedal and driving 80 miles an hour and getting real close to them because you're irritated, you're likely to have greater problems because of that, right? So if you lost your job, you lost a client, those types of things happen in business and you focus on the loss and it makes you angry and sad and depressed and all this and victimizing and all that, well, what? that's not going to help you. It doesn't help you get the next client if you don't pick up the phone, if you don't call people, if you don't interact, if you don't get out of bed. 
right? And all you focus on how things aren't working and that's all you see. See, man, nothing works for me, right? So it's, it's not a stopping these thoughts. It's not a stopping your thinking. It's not stopping any of that. It's simply having it happen, observing it when it happens, and then flipping the script over and over and over again until at which, and I'm going to end on this because I want to bring Margaret up unless I see a little, little thing that triggers me to say some more. But remember the 767. 767 is when mock speeds and it goes smooth. I did that on the number one episode here. It just happened two weeks ago, not the 12 weeks ago, but just a couple weeks ago. I loaded the podcast, the replay. 767 is when you hit mock speeds, but at 766, 765, it's still shaking, right? But then it goes smooth after that, 767. Right? That's a fact for everybody, not fiction. But there's this aspect that, or excuse me, I didn't want to actually tell that story. It threw me off there, but okay. So that's that fact versus fiction is the 767 with the backwards bike, the practice. For once in a while, I have my little like wrong direction, right? So I observe. So the backwards bike, the practice of this, right? That's when you've got the bike that's backwards, but it looks normal, easy to understand. It's a backwards bike, turn left, you go left, right, you go right. Nine months it took the adult of daily practice before he could ride that bike. It wasn't an intellectual problem. So those of you wishing that your negative thoughts would stop and they would go away, but you just keep following and, you know, speaking negatively and doing that, then you're just continuing to ride the backwards bike. Right. Or excuse me, ride the, you know, ride a regular bike, ride whichever one is disempowering. We're saying that ultimately, in this case, I think a lot of you are riding a backwards bike, which means if you don't carry your bike around, if you like, I know how to ride this backwards bike, but you went everywhere in the world and you wanted to ride a bike and they only have a regular bike, you couldn't ride it. Right. So that's the disempowering thoughts, the negative thoughts, the things that aren't helping you, the things that you're so like, God, I wish these would go away. I wish I could stop the, the thoughts that are keeping me from taking action. And I think it won't work. And I think it needs to be perfect. Or I think this right? I got to stop those things until you practice observing them, catching them, and then flipping them. And then you practice enough. And eventually you won't default to all the disempowering and the negative. You'll default to the positive, the affirming, the empowering, but it's going to take you having awareness, being conscious about it and practicing every single day. Any clarity around that? Any clarity, any questions around that real quick? Because this is where I need you all when we have the chat to hear something and go, yeah, but Gebs, I don't get that. That doesn't make sense. I don't understand. Because the greatest breakthroughs I've had is when I hear something and I can provide, I receive, excuse me, a subtle bit of clarity around that. Well, that makes sense, but. Because it's that stuckness, if you hear something, so many of you have bought courses and books and trainings, but because you don't have access to clarify anything for your scenario, you hear it, but then you're stuck on what to do with it because it maybe doesn't quite apply or you don't quite understand, so then you do nothing with it. Right? Yeah, let me get that for all of you. You know, I always, I always bring it up. I'm going to grab the, the, the story with, uh, for y'all real quick. Let me grab that video. 
I actually did a backwards bike, but see, I didn't even get it right. Uh, I didn't even get the, the story. Um, when I did a YouTube video on it, like five years ago, when I saw this thing, it's got 28 million views. I'm going to grab it. Um, for y'all in the chat here, show notes, it should be in the show notes. If you're listening to the podcast, right? Let me put this in there for all of you to go to watch this video. Back to having a team. I like to work solo, but with my retreat, I set up structure and found some very talented people to share their uh, expertise. I also received two payments for Sam. So it worked. <laughs> hey, awesome, Julia. Super happy for you. Super, super happy for you. Yeah, it's all about experimentation, right? I think to really find that sweet spot of something that you may be able to see through for the next 20, 30 years, you're going to have lots of experimentation. Some of you experiment your whole life, right? Some of you experiment your whole life. Right, Julie had to hear things, and she had to go outside of her comfort zone, and then she does this to experiment, and they'll keep being tweaks. I'm so proud of you, Julie. I'm so proud of you. Right, that's that imperfect action. Right, not having all the answers, not knowing exactly how it's going to work, but going anyways. Right, because most of us, it's not like we got to have blind faith that we're going to jump off a cliff and hope we, you know, survive. Right, a lot of things is just nobody shows up, they reject us, they say they don't like us, they don't want it. Like there's there's a lot of more. Um, verbal, uh, emotional uh, pain or suffering around something than there is actual physical. Most of us are all we're dealing with. All our problems are made up in the mind. I really believe that, right? Because the physical problems are real. If I took a baseball bat to all of your knees, it's not going to be like, oh, that didn't hurt. I'm good. No problem. Thanks, Kevs. That was so cool. Glad you hit me in the kneecap. Like, you know, no, it didn't hurt at all. It's amazing. This mindset work that you've helped me do, this mind tune-up. You hit me like freaking so hard in the knee and it didn't hurt one bit. Thank you for that. That was great. It really helped me out, right? Like, no, that's not going to work that way, right? There are things that are going to fact. If you hit 10 people in the kneecap super, super hard, the strongest person alive with a baseball bat, it's going to hurt. You're a victim of that. <laughs> I don't think there's, there's anything to you know uh, uh, misconstrue here, right? But then to the degree that you're like mad at that person the rest of your life and suffering from that is now in your mind. You may be suffering. Physically, your knee may be hurt. I get that again. And it may have been that person's fault. But there's that, that, those things you see about letting go. They're not continuing to hit you every day. You may have the pain from it, but so much of us are suffering from things that have happened weeks, months, or years, or decades ago. And no longer is that person physically or emotionally hurting us. We're doing it to ourselves. Somebody said, you couldn't do that. That's a stupid idea. And then you went in the direction they said you should go because that'll be how you'll be successful. And then you suffered until you choose to no longer do that thing. You kept suffering from that thing that somebody told you, right? And so I just wanna make sure I discern the difference between things that are made up in my mind that I'm suffering from versus that aren't a fact because not everybody would suffer from that same thing. And then knowing that I can flip the script and no longer suffer from that. So I no longer have to wait until someday to be living the life I wanna live. And then I can focus on what I wanna do each and every single day. So. Rock and roll, everybody. Take a commercial break here. <laughs> We're going to be on the stretch here. I'm going to be pulling Margaret. If you're still on here, Margaret, get, your, get in a, a quiet place and um, get a quiet place. Get your microphone and video ready. I'll pull you on here in a second. And again, for all of you on here, super grateful. 
uh, for you being here. And I always read the chat uh, after the fact. So if you have things to say, thoughts, suggestions, I see Norman, I'm gonna read that in a second, but uh, I always open this chat back up afterwards and read the chat if I don't get to read any everything while I'm on it. Um, and again, for those of you who can't make it every week, um, and whatever the, the time frames and whatnot. Um, again, I've loaded this now, favorite podcast platform. And if you check back on, we check there when they're up or you check back, usually I'm trying to do it now within a couple of days, I'm swapping the text. So the last two weeks on Facebook specifically, there's actually a recap um, where it has a little blurb and there's timestamps, some notable quotes, links in there. Um, so those things you get added. I got a lady right now who's doing a quote unquote show notes. So she's doing a little blurb. She's doing timestamps and you know, five minutes talked about this, 20 minutes talked about this, 28 minutes talked about this, 29 minutes talked about this. And so there's stuff there to look at. Um, I think that's super powerful and helpful for people who kind of want to look back. Cause for a while I just, the title, I look the same, you know, they're titled the same, um, you know, they're all just called mind tune up time. And it's because I, I, go more with the flow. So I don't have like a fully scripted planned out. We're going to talk about this for 10 minutes and this for 20 minutes. And that works. And when people are on here live, they love it. They stick, they stay. Uh, but at times to watch the, you know, quote unquote replays or other things. And I also know it's hard to watch replays on Facebook. You know, if you don't keep your phone open, uh, but there is a podcast functionality too. Um, anyways, I can go on and on, but the bottom line is uh, for those of you who want to recap something after the fact, but can't make it every time live. Uh, I am getting those now because um, it is easier to typically listen on um, on a podcast um, after the fact. Or like I said, there's podcasts loaded into my fan page, Michael Gebbin, The Mind Mechanic Now. And those actually, for the first time, you can actually listen to an audio and close your phone and turn off the Facebook app uh, and keep it playing. Unlike like if you listen to this replay after the fact, if you don't leave your phone on and open to Facebook the whole time. Um, you know, won't keep it. So anyways, that's that for all of you listening. Um, again, for those on the, uh, on listening to that, who aren't here on zoom, you can go to mindtuneuptimelive.com and, uh, essentially you can get into the Facebook group and you can also, uh, register for these zooms, which is where the main action, I think a lot of the people from Facebook are coming over to zoom and, um, and interacting there and interacting in the chat. And then, of course, you can go to themindmechanic.net. I don't have a super fancy page up right now for that, but you can go to um, Coaching tab. And for those of you who've seen enough and heard enough and want my extra help, um, you can see what we have to offer there on that page right now under Coaching. Um, and like I said, it's not a super convincing page. I, I got the least common denominator, the MVP. I always try to tell people, like, I'm being an example. Um, I had Julie who's on here when she said, I want an example of somebody who doesn't sell, who's a manipulator and pushy and forceful and all these things. I said, don't misconstrue me because I'm not super fancy with all these fancy slides and structure and standing on a mountaintop and acting like I'm better than all of you, right? I don't do all that. So sometimes it's just like, hey, it's just this nice guy who gets on these calls named Michael Gebbin and, he, you know, and he, he, he inspires us for a day, right? But I said, what did I say? Right. We were at dinner at the mind tuna meetup I had. And she's like, oh, you know, we talked. I was like, hey, if you want to sign up now, that's fine. If you don't feel ready, that's OK. I'm not going to push you and force you to sign up or say a bunch of things to, you know, whatever manipulate. If you're ready, great. If you're not, that's OK. I'm here. Right. I'm not going anywhere. Like this is definitely my sweet spot in my calling. So I'm not going anywhere now with the prices and some of those things may tweak. But at the end of the day, I'm here. She's like, you're right. And she signed up right after that right? Because she wasn't expecting that. She was expecting me to be pushy and forceful and whatever. And so um, that's the thing. I'm here. If you want more, 
help on Thursdays right now. So this is Tuesday when I'm recording this one on Thursday. Uh, the entire call is just pulling people up and coaching them. So what I'm about to do with Margaret, that happens the entire time. I was on that one this week, past week for three hours. Um, and so that's, um, uh, that's what I'm doing on those calls. So these calls, I do a little bit more of the preacher style, the solo, and then I pull on one person. Uh, but much like any of you, you got to make a living doing your thing. So right now, that's how I'm choosing to do it. I'm basically just selling my one-on-one -on -one access. Uh, but this is my ability to get this out. People can experience me, see me coach somebody, bring a lot of value. And for those of you who are ready, um, when you're ready, I'll be there and uh, we can go deeper. So uh, anywho, rock and roll. Uh, any final things? I think that's it. I think I covered all of that. So um, one of my favorite things to do. When I hear you, I can help you. So Margaret, you ready to rock? If you're on Facebook, leave a comment, give some likes and love. I see about four, five, six of you on there. Uh, definitely let me know you exist. Let Facebook know there's people actually listening. <laughs> it also doesn't show it to anybody. Uh, okay, let me get that. And doing good on here, everybody. In a rock and roll, helpful. I got my man, Derek Patterson. Appreciate him on here. If you've got some thoughts, like what was some breakthroughs? What's some, some things? What's going on? What's some ahas? Put those in the chat. My man, I need to talk to you as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, let me know any breakthroughs or thoughts uh, that you had on here today. Uh, we're, we're seeing the things, the biggest wins for people. you know. And like I said, uh, if you want to type in here again too, why you come here? You know, because the more, you know, I, I, I do my free phone, people listen and people stay. So I assume people are happy and they're getting what they want out of it. Uh, but at the same time, I definitely love to make sure that I'm getting feedback from you. Uh, there's certain things I may never talk about, even though you get the feedback, but I'd love to hear, you know, where you're at, what's going on and um, why you come and uh, what you're getting out of it. Um, that way I continue to tailor to the people that are, that are coming on here in the areas I can help out mo with most. So let's pull on Margaret. Hello. Oops, your microphone. Hold on one second. Okay. Should be something popping up on your side. There we go. Okay. There we go. There you are. How are you? Hello, hello. Good. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you. So what made you show up today? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'm not working. Yeah. You're like, I got some free time now. <laughs> um, I'm actually, you know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I was devastated on Friday. I was like shocked. I was just, I have to be honest. I was just shocked. Um, Cause I had set myself up to get myself ahead financially for a little bit. Yep. It wasn't, my heart wasn't in it. Um, Cause what I'm doing is creating podcasts, leading mm -hmm. meditations. I've sure. become a holistic nurse Yeah, and, you know, and I'm moving into that whole coaching world and, sure. and such. So, but I haven't, I mean, I've been doing it, but not doing it. You know, I've been mm -hmm. doing it haphazardly because yeah. I've been so busy making money, doing something else that you didn't want to do that. I didn't want to. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Friday, <clears throat> so my story is a little bit, you know, a little crazy. I've only been doing this job for like, I don't know, a month, maybe a month. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm a nurse and okay. I did uh, this traveling nurse 
assignment and I haven't been in the hospitals for a while. Okay. Um, but I said, okay, this is a great opportunity. I have years of experience. Let me do it. And I just don't fit in the hospitals anymore. I just don't. Right. Yeah. It's just the minute, the minute you turn holistic, the minute you, you go into this mindset space, the minute you become help people, people look at you like this. Right. Who are you? What are you? What have you become? Like, it's just, I feel like a completely different person, sure. but <clears throat> for the last few years, I've been just telling, I've been like living my life from a victim mentality, mm-hmm. right? This is happening to me. This is happening to me. This is happening to me. And the other day I was talking to my therapist and I'm like, I don't want this story anymore. I, I had a beautiful relationship. I left the relationship and I'm like, why do I keep telling myself the story that I'm a victim? Like, what mm-hmm. is that? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm like healing and I think I'm moving forward. And then all of a sudden, but I keep telling myself the same story. And she's like, well, write it down. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to write that story down. Right. And I did. So I didn't. And I wanted to rewrite a different story. So in my head, I'm going over the new story and it's beautiful. Right. Cause it's, yeah. I live a little bit in that story, that half story of empowerment. And then, but I mostly would live in that poor me, look at me, look at what happened to me, look what happened to me. Why is this like exactly what you were saying today? And, yep, just, yep. and so here I am at work in a job that I don't want to be, but I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to be, and I'm kind, right? I'm like, I'm the kind, you want me as your nurse. Cause I'm like the one that's going to hold your hand and be like, it's going to be okay. I'm here with you. Sure. People look at me like this. What is this nurse saying? What is, I mean, really, and sadly, and I am sorry if I'm offending any healthcare workers, but once we do this for so long, we stop, we stop, we stop realizing that we're not being empathetic to our patients. Mm. Just going through the so, anyway, <laughs> I was pulled into the principal's office and they're like, well, you know, there's something off about you and we have to let you go. I'm like, oh, <laughs> And I was like, I did, I didn't even know what to do. Like, it wasn't like I was a bad nurse. It wasn't like I had bad performance. It was like, there's something off about you. Mm. And it's such a hit, such a core wound within me. Yeah. That the story I've been telling myself my whole life is I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. I'm different. Okay. Now it's hitting me in my career. You know, what, what is this? All aspects of life. Yeah. And as I was rewriting my story regarding and like leaving a relationship, like and being empowered in that space, you know, I touched on it a little bit, but this was the core wound of that. I'm not good enough. I'm weird. I'm don't fit in. You're not what we want. There's something off about you. And it was so painful. It was so Mm -hmm. painful. Mm -hmm. You know, and I lived in it the whole night. I was okay a little bit, but then I woke up in the middle of the night, like in a panic, like, Mm -hmm. well, maybe there really is something wrong with me. Maybe, maybe it's just something that I'm just not getting. I'm just not getting it. Like, maybe I don't know, you know, maybe it was so painful. And I just sat there and I didn't know what to do. And I think the next two days I kind of like went out in nature Sure. and, um, I, like I said, I've been putting off, I lead guided meditations. I have, have a few coaching clients, you know, but of course half of them, I don't charge for, Yeah. I'm in this, the Sam's car. I have like this whole idea of what I want to do, but I don't do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am and I'm like, you know, I'm done. You know what? I have always felt like a champion for the underdog. I felt like a cha- I've always felt like champion for the people who are judged. I've always felt like a champion. Yeah. I want to I want to protect all the nerds in life. I want to protect all the yeah. people that are bullied. I want to protect everybody. Like I want to put on my like um superwoman cape. Yeah, I want to put on my yeah, my cape, my superwoman cape and protect everybody. <laughs> I want to do. So here I am and I'm recreating my story. And it's, it was like the aha moment of recreating my story. And I'm like, it was like, what, right? It's just sitting back and taking every single moment and recreating it and how empowering that is when you can Mm -hmm. recreate your past. They say, you can't change your past. And I, but you can, I believe it F that you can change your past because by recreating your story. And, and that's where I'm at. So today I'm like, I, I did my, I, re, I recorded my trailer for my podcast. I actually okay, cool. chose a name. Oh, good, I'm yeah, like, good for you. besides like just recording three meditations, I'm doing that. Um, here I am with you. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> no, it's great. You're, yeah. Congratulations. Absolutely. I mean, this is, these are all steps and these are what in the chat, right? That idea that I can't pick the name. So then if I can't pick the name, I can't bring out the pod. Like those things are going and you're doing those now, but there's also probably, right, that's that byproduct of now what happened because how long were you thinking about this podcast prior to Friday? Uh, since March. Yeah. So look what happened with that, you know, of course, it's a version of that hero's journey, right? We want to have what just happened for you, picking the name and moving forward with these things without that deep pain. And we can, but I also believe that most of us won't do it. Like it takes that catalyst and, 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 and sometimes it takes 80 times until you get the picture and it's hit so hard that you finally have enough. Um, but like, look, since March, you couldn't make a decision, couldn't pull the trigger, couldn't do it, couldn't act. And then that happens. And now it's like enough's enough. And then you make a name and then you record the intro. And now, now there's progress. That's all. If you can remove now, now there's the, the flip side of this, right? You're going to get momentum. Now to the degree you start creating expectations, the podcast needs to blow up and start making you money in the next three weeks. You, you may start to, you know, wherever that sits, those are the things where now what I love to do is, is like, let's play with these things that you want to do but then also why are we doing them, right? Because at times you can make a living being a holistic uh, you know, health person, helping people uh, without a podcast, right? Now that's not to say not keep your progress, but like we start getting to what are the things that are gonna allow you the quickest to earn through what you wanna do with the skills you already have, right? Because bringing out podcasts, SAM card type of things that usually they're selling. A lot of those things require a lot of additional skills for them to make a lot of momentum and progress to where they're going to impact your business. Cause you can do it for fun. Like there's a guy who I just saw his name's um, friend of mine. He used to have a podcast called art of charm. He did it with his brother, Jordan uh, Harbinger and his brother. I can't remember his name. I think it was with an A, but anyways, they had a falling out. The brother, not Jordan got the art of charm. Jordan had to start technically from scratch, started just the Jordan Harbinger show, how he's been doing that consistently now, doing episodes, bringing things out for, um, gosh, at least three to five years, I think now. And he just got a seven figure deal, but he's also been doing podcasting for probably upwards of 12 to 15 years now. 
ultimately, right? To end up with this seven-figure deal with the podcast company, but he also for five years wasn't doing seven figures with it because he was starting from scratch again, that kind of like wound, like, man, I built this up. They had a multi-million dollar company, something with a went awry with the brother. The brother walks away with it and Jordan's got to start over. But then that, that progress having, he can't take away the relationships, the connections, all these things that he already knew. So he got progress with that faster than most um, and being able to achieve what he achieved. But simultaneously, I've seen him give talks. And this isn't to discourage. Sometimes I, I take down to bring back up. But this is where I want to recognize because it's back to what we talked about on this call with expectations is he would typically tell people, now he has a podcast. He just got a seven-figure deal with a podcast. So this is a catch-22 here, what I'm about to say. But he would go into talks that I'd be filming and he'd start out with, don't do a podcast. And he would say that simply to go, and back to the expectations, he go, if you're not willing to do the podcast and not look at the stats or not make money for five to seven years, then don't do the podcast. Now, not to say it's going to take five to seven years, but his thing was, are you doing this because the message you're speaking about and the way you're creating and what you're doing and the people maybe you're interacting with, you're just having fun. And then you can do that and show up week after week and month after month and keep getting it out there so that you keep refining the message. So by episode 80, you're this powerhouse, the way you speak and what you offer and what you do on it, that then people start to find you. Then word of mouth starts to spread. And then all of a sudden there's a momentum that happens with it. But if you're like doing it and you're looking at stats, like, wow, I got five people to listen to this one and no money's, then all of a sudden you stop, that progress will never happen. So if you can keep doing that, knowing I want to do, this is what I've found. So I'm going to give you this concept. I don't talk about a lot, but there's creation and connection and creation and isolation. If you learn who you are in that fast, you'll do better. See, what you observe here, I've learned that I stopped my podcast in the past because I was creating an isolation. I'm a connector. So therefore, when I did my first podcast, I literally did 150 daily episodes. There were only two minutes apiece. I was getting up towards the end. I was getting some great downloads. So then on the 150th episode, because it wasn't just the content that I was like, I was recording by myself and um, all I could see, I couldn't see likes, shares, comments, interactions, nothing. All I was seeing was downloads. Okay, great. On the 150th episode, I go, hey, there's people listening. You're, somebody's hearing this right now. Like I can see downloads, somebody's hearing it. And so if you've been listening to this and you've been getting value out of this and you're, you're really enjoying me doing these episodes, here's my email, here's my Facebook, here's this. Like, just let me know you exist. Let me know that you're listening. Let me know that you're getting value because I really wasn't getting any feedback besides downloads. And I'm like, I'm a person who needed feedback. I mean, I still on certain levels, I've, I've, I've tweaked it so it works for me. But like my wife can go in her craft room for eight hours not talk to a soul. And she's super happy. She loves that. In fact, when people reach out to collaborate, most of the time she doesn't want to do it. <laughs> like she's not a person, like she loves her stuff to be sold. Yes, that takes some kind of connection. But like as a whole, she likes to create in isolation by herself, podcast listening to. She's got her murder podcast she loves listening to and these different things and haunted things and spooky things. And she just creates. For me, as a default, I love isolation, like on my bike rides and walks. And I have times where like, I like to be alone. I don't want to be talking to people. I just want to be thinking. And, and I, I get a lot of ahas on bike rides. But as a default, when it comes to my professional work, I want to create in connection. 
So if I'm doing things like trying to record content by myself, like let's say I came up with creating uh, isolation versus creating connection, okay? And I'm like, that's gonna be a podcast episode. And so all of a sudden I bust out my audio gear and equipment and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna sit down by myself with no one around, no live, no interaction, no Zoom. And I'm just gonna record an episode for 10 minutes talking about creating an isolation versus creating in connection. I wouldn't keep consistent with doing that because I love connection. I like need it like oxygen versus my wife doesn't. So her knowing herself, she can't consistently do something that's with connection because she doesn't like that. Whereas for me, I can't consistently do something as easily. So I say can't, right? I could, but I go with strengths and weaknesses, right? That's what I'm doing. I'm not trying to go, how do I create consistently in isolation when that's not who I am? So could I do it? Could I overcome it? Could I go to calls and this, that, and the other thing to help somebody have me overcome how I could be consistent in isolation? Versus just going, well, how do I actually hack it so I can just do what I love, which is creating connection, which is why I'm creating these episodes, creating this content with human beings. There's 20 people on here, you know, 25 people on here. And you're on here, I'm interacting. So now for me, from a satisfaction standpoint, if nothing happens after this call, I'm good. If nothing happens after a call that's by myself and I just record hours and hours of, of content and then I've got to now get it in front of people and then hope I get feedback, that stuff drives me nuts, right? That's why mm -hmm. I used to, when I used to create movies with my dad, it's like, oh, I had fun while we create it, but like we had to do something for that movie to be seen by human beings and get people, you know, at the movie theater, we, we used to hold these showings and promote it locally around town. But like a lot of that, I got tired of that. Like I liked, like weddings allowed me to, when I shot weddings, I could show up, shoot, do an edit. And I had reactions right there. But to create the same video with just a different circumstance, meaning the circumstance was, I might get an email from a couple that says, thanks, that's it. That was the reaction I might get versus if I edited it that day, I was extra motivated because there was people and they were gonna go, oh my God, that was amazing. Can I hire you for my wedding? And so I was motivated by that. But here's where the thing is, in editing and shooting, I needed a special circumstance for me to do what I loved. No different than this. I can talk, but just like I said on this call, lots of ways that we can talk, right? I could say all that I'm saying here, right? You're not gonna talk that much. That's a theme for people I talk to. I used to think it was a problem, but now I know that's how I work. I just hear a little bit and then everything that comes out of my mouth right now, specifically for you, whom others will benefit from, but for you is a byproduct and triggered by what you said. So the stories I tell you would be different than what somebody else shares five or 10 minutes and tells me. And then I share stories that trigger different things. And so for you, um, one, I want to tie back for a second to the way to the world thing. I have the same people that I want to help and serve and protect and save and all these words we can give it. That's a hell of a lot of responsibility and the weight does not feel good. Right. So as much as I still want to help them, I realized I had to help myself first. And secondly, I'm not responsible for Margaret or anybody else on this call. And so that doesn't stop me from showing up to help. doesn't show me from showing up to serve, but I used to have, and I don't know if you've ever felt this or anybody else in this call can relate, but I used to do calls like this and I'd have like massive tightness in my neck. I'd have like a tenseness in my body. And I would, because I had this like intensity of like, I got to save Margaret right now. Like, I, don't, I don't want Margaret to feel any pain or suffering. And I, I've got to do 
everything in my power to make sure that she's safe. And I would have this because I'm a highly empathetic person. Like my wife's always joking, like if I see something happen to somebody, somebody's bleeding or something, I'm like, oh God, she's like, it's not even happening to you. And it's like, you know, I, and that's a whole other conversation. But like, I used to have that on a hard, hardcore level for people that I'd be interacting with. And I'd feel this, I'd get off these calls for two hours and I'd be like, oh my God, I feel like crap. And I'd feel this tightness and this tenseness in my neck. And what I realized is it was this way to the world thing. I do everything in my power. You know, like I'm feeling her pain. I don't want her to feel pain. I don't want her to suffer. I don't I want to take that away. And then when I realized back to setting expectations, it's, it's just, it's not my responsibility. It's not our responsibility to take care of our parents. Not our respons- I mean, when you got a kid, if you've had, a, if you've done something, you know, to get pregnant and we have kids and you got a little child, I mean, if you don't want to take care of it, there is adoption. I mean, that's a whole other conversation, right? But like, Technically, it's our responsibility to take care of these little children. We got two dogs. It's our responsibility to make sure they don't kill each other right now when our little Bonnie got surgery, right? That's a responsibility. But at times, we're responsible for our friends, our family, strangers, all these people. And then you can't even take care of yourself. You can't even keep your own head above water. So I've realized that for me to serve people at the deepest level, I got to take care of myself first. So the more I'm worried about everybody else, the more I'm giving my last dollar that I have to somebody else. If I'm giving from an empty cup, it's really hard to help people because this is a way I can serve people. The way I speak, the, the stories I tell, it resonates with people. But if I don't take care of myself and I, don't, I can't pay my bills and I got to go do stuff I don't like, guess what? I can't show up to do this. So to the degree that Margaret gets to show up and really make an impact in someone's life with their health, there's somebody... Um, that needs you right now. But if you're, if you wouldn't get out of bed and you were depressed, which you obviously flipped that switch, right? There was, there was that final time of I'm not enoughness. And that, that thing happened and you got it proved in every area of your life. And what you have to watch is when you don't flip that script, your bias will see it everywhere and confirm it. The job just confirmed it. Relationship or friendship confirms it, Margaret. I don't know if we can talk anymore. You're just too much for me. (laughs) Right. You're just too much. I don't know. There's something I can't handle you. And right up, there's another reason. Right. And so if we don't flip that script, that's might be what's happening in your life or whose ever life. But then once we can become aware, we can know that's not true. There's not a label inside of Margaret that says that you're like this person who just doesn't, you know, you're you're, the problem is trying to fit in because you're not meant to fit in. Right. The people you resonate with, the people I resonate with, the people I attract, we don't fit in. And it's the fitting in that's causing the problem because the people that we're trying to fit in with aren't like us. They don't get us. But yeah, you're in a group right now. And if you lean into it, you're going to get around people who they don't think you're too much. They think the people that think you're too much are the the crazy ones, right? And so I, I think we all have these aspects where at some point in time, we ended up going through the motions in life and we ended up in, with people and jobs and situations that don't get us, that don't like us, that don't understand us, that tell us to keep our mouths shut, to tell us to keep quiet, to tell us to, I mean, that used to be my thing until I find people, like I had to affirm through 300 people telling me, no, Michael, keep talking. Like I'll go to lunch with somebody and I usually go, you know, they'll go, Hey, start telling me, you know, what's going on. I'm like, no, 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 hold on before I get going. Cause I, once I get going, sometimes I don't, I don't stop. And like, I'm like, tell me what's going on. And they'll talk for 15 or 20 minutes. And they're like, I don't have anything else to say. And they're like, I, you know, I'm ready to hear you. And then I hear that 20 minutes. And rather than talking about me and thinking that it's just about me for me to hear me, I'm saying things that's helping that person. But I used to, I mean, I had somebody tell me to keep my F and mouth shut. You talk too much. That was in 2019. 
And I still had a triggering like you're talking about. Is, is he right? Because see, if somebody calls me stupid right now, Margaret, it doesn't affect me because I don't think I'm stupid. Right. So there's very few things anymore that bother me because I know who I am now. And when you know that, then you can't be triggered by other people. But see, if somebody, if, if that said to you, like what happened and you emotionally had deep pain from that, it's because you're not sure if they're right. Because you don't really necessarily know that they are wrong, that that's not who you are. So you start to go, maybe they're right. Maybe I am a person who should just go back to these ways. Maybe the ways I think about helping people and health and holistic, maybe that is just crazy. Maybe I'm nuts, right? Versus knowing, no, there's a way and there's another way. And what I've come to, Margaret, they're not wrong either. That's one of the most powerful things I've done. They're not wrong. Not wrong in the sense of wrong about you, but the way they choose to practice and do things that they're not wrong. They're just doing it a way that you disagree with. And the less I judged others, because I was judging hardcore, I used to think, oh man, I'm Mr. Like, Mr. Mr. Like, not judgmental over here. And I realized, no, I'm really judgmental. And that's why I would fear putting myself out there because I would see people doing things I disagreed with and I would have a real problem with it. I'd be really you know, hateful. I think that they're conniving, manipulative. And, but then what happened was I start to think that's who I am though. And that's why I'm fearful. I don't want people to see me as that. Cause let's say it's webinars, it's Sam card, it's whatever, or it's the upsells or order bumps, these things, when you hear that language, right? Well, there's been people who've experienced order bumps that are disgusting. And it's like, wait, hold on. And I've got this and that and buy this and buy that. And you feel like you just need an acid bath afterwards. Whilst we've all probably bought off Amazon and there's a place where you've bought extra things. You're like, oh, great. I'm glad they brought that to my awareness. Like that was very supplemental to what I had. So there's always what I've found now is a duality. There's a duality to life. And really, again, we want to make others wrong. But if, if you think that they're wrong, you've, you, you will have a harder time putting yourself out there because you know people are also thinking you're wrong, right? And so what I've found is, is they have a way, I have a way. I'm not going to judge because the more I judge others, the more I'm worried about being judged. The deeper you judge others, the more you're worried about being judged and therefore will have a harder time putting yourself out there because when you're poking fingers and pointing at and hating on and all that, well, you know that that's likely coming back at you. And so the more you love and give to others, regardless of what they choose to do in this world, the easier it is for you to know that love's coming back at you. And love feels a lot better than that angry AT&T caller that I interpret, you know, I, I did the impersonation, right? We don't want to feel that. We don't want to get that. My wife has doubled her little design business because I helped her overcome the fear of following up with people that effectively bought from her. She had a buy, I, we came up with the idea, buy three, get one free. Almost no one was actually taking advantage of the offer. They weren't even seeing it. I said, well, honey, why don't you just follow up with the people who buy one and go, hey, I have this offer. And if you buy two more, you can get one free. But being a passive type, not an active, not a proactive, not a go get what you want or go ask, but rather plugging in her mind that something bad was going to happen from doing that. Like, they're going to be like, why you message me? I didn't ask you to message me. Leave me alone. Like, stay out of my inbox. Like, these are the things that we get in our mind. I said, honey, that's not going to happen, man. They just gave you money and you're giving them a deal. They might have more. And literally what's happened is either people don't respond, they thank her and don't buy, or they thank her and buy immediately. Those are the three things. She's had nobody that's like berated her and like, you know, shamed her and, you know, gotten all super mad at her. But so many of us have that aspect in us where we're 
fearful that we're going to get yelled at, berated, shamed, guilted. And because we felt so much of that already, right now for you to uh, put yourself out there as a holistic practitioner could feel really scary. I mean, does it feel scary for you on some level or are you, are you actually like, where are you at with what these next steps moving forward, podcast, Sam cart, selling your services, you know, taking these free people to paid clients. What, what are you feeling right now? I was, um, I'm in a place where I'm ready to take action. Mm. Um, so I've already led like some guided meditations for some events. And when I first did that, it was really frightening. But then when I did it and I was on stage, I actually loved it. Right. Mm, I'm a ham. I didn't realize I was a ham. So I love it. Um, So for me, it's just been like this lack. I I guess I've been afraid. Yeah. I guess I've been afraid to do it. Now I know from my clients and from the results they're getting they're so happy and all the positive. Yeah. I'm, I actually have to tell you this. I'm Feeling finally hearing, I'm finally hearing the positive and receiving it. Good. Yeah. And receiving it. That took, a, that took, it seems like a lifetime. I get it. <laughs> it, it takes a choice because so many times we hear only the negatives. We have, we have a shield up for the good. All that. I didn't do that. That's no, that's really easy for me. Like we have this thing, like, it's just, you know, when people say nice things, we want to deflect it, reflect it, push it away. No, no, no. I don't want to take that. I got to be humble. And it's like, no, receive that, take that in. I'll tell you that tip. Some have already done it here and I've done it. Anything that comes in text form, messenger, email, text message, direct message, wherever it comes where it's can be screenshotted, start to screenshot those things and save something on your phone or your computer of all those kinds of comments. Um, I found it very helpful because it just keeps adding up. And it's something that's really empowering because, um, you know, we tend to just, just human nature at times to gravitate when one person out of a hundred tells us that we're a moron or we shouldn't do that or leave us alone or you're stupid or why'd you do that? Or, you know, it didn't work or you're crazy and all that. And we latch onto that. But there could be the 99 people going, Margaret, you're amazing. Look what you did for my health. Look what da 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 da. And it just bounces off of us, right? So I'm so happy that you're starting that. And if you start little practices like that too, to save, if they come in text form and somebody sends you a text message and says, thank you, Margaret, can't believe, you know, I didn't think I'd, I didn't think I'd be blank again. And now I am after what you helped me do, right? Like those save those things. So you can go back and read and really remind yourself. It's not, it's not just in your mind. There's actual data to look at, you know, um, and you can read. So that's, that's a helpful little practice. Another, another thing I did, Michael, was um, I was reading Eckhart Tolle, you know, and I feel like Eckhart Tolle, like, has written how I think, and I've been thinking (laughs) for a long time. So I'm like, I can't believe I just read The Power of Now the past year. But I did this thing with the critical thinking. So I'm happy you brought that up. And I said, why am I thinking critical thoughts of people like that's like breaking free of that victim mindset. And I literally I I did this. I bought like one of those evil eye things. It was such a, like a silly thing to do, okay. but I bought one. I bought it for my wrist. And every time I thought something negative of somebody, I'm like, Oh, I shouldn't be doing that. And you know what? It, it, it became like a habit. It was like a, yes. a mental habit that I was doing. And I, it was able to break free of it by just yes. becoming more aware and be like, Oh wait, I can't think that negative thought of somebody like, why am I doing this? I think that I'm not judgmental. And there I go. 
Yeah. So that was a really, really empowering space. It was like a moving into action thing. Yes. That's beautiful. So there's that practice again, seeing you use the word habit because a lot of us, our identity is X. It could be judgmental, whatever it is. We've practiced that for years or decades or our whole life. So then to reverse that, we have to become aware. We have to bring it into the conscious mind or else you can't do anything about something you don't know really what's actually happening. And then once you do, and you can start to catch it, reminders, and then flip it, flip it. Why am I doing that? Like you can't stop. Everyone wants to like focus on stopping it. Stop doing that. Don't stop, stop. You know, it's like, but you can't, don't look at the blue. Don't look at the blue. Don't look at the blue. And then not look at the blue. Like that's how our brains are wired. So we have to, to stop putting the focus on it. But when we catch it, we have to catch it, then refocus, recalibrate, retune. Think about, I haven't brought up this scenario, but you think of a tune-up, but you think of a tuner. Think of a radio. You can't hear a rap station in a, in a, in a 1970s you know, uh, rock and roll station at the same time. I mean, there are stations that have them play both, yes, but if a station that only plays the rock and roll at a place that only stays rap, if one is 107.7 and one is 99.9, like you have to tune in. Those don't play at the same time. It's that frequencies. And I think we take for granted that a lot of us are just tuned in to the negative, the bad, the disempowering, the what's not working, the judgment and all of that. You just have to start tuning in to that new station. And sometimes, yeah, it clicks back in. You know, the station was a little static and you don't get it quite right. Like that's what everybody's doing when you're in the place of practicing one thing and you're unaware and you're the victim. Then you start tuning into that new station before it, before you know it becomes clear and no longer do you even hear the other station and um but a lot of people i don't think they they, they don't learn these things they don't know these things so they just kind of go through and life feels like like you said it's happening to them they're the victim they have zero control when in fact um there's a lot we don't control but i really believe that the aspect of becoming aware flipping the script and practicing is what we have control. And I believe what we focus on is what we get in our reality. You hear it from all sorts of people say it, right? I'm not the only person that says that, but like I always say, are we getting it? Cause there's a lot what I realized. Yeah, I, I understood the words, the concept sounds nice. Change your focus, change your story, right? These things sound great in theory and we like can conceptually understand it, but it wasn't until I recognized that word embodiment or practice, right? That backwards bike story, that idea that we've got to start to put it to practice so that it becomes actually our default, our embodiment. We get it, we're doing it versus like we go to a million seminars, we keep hearing change your story, change your life, but like our, our story hasn't changed and our life hasn't changed is because we really don't know what to do with it. So we just keep practicing the same story because we don't actually understand how speaking, thinking, feeling different and starting. If I look over here, I see different things than if I look over here. And like, again, easy to understand that in our reality. But when it comes to you keep having things show up that says you're not enough, you're too much. Why are you doing that? We don't, we don't quite get you and I don't really want you. And then we just, but what we don't have the ability to do when we don't under, really understand it is to realize that's not true. And that we don't have to buy into that. And when you start telling a different story, you show up different. Different mm -hmm. people will show up, right? Right now, you are showing up different. And you're in a room of people who are not sitting here going to go, Margaret, come on now. What a year. You're a cuckoo. 
You're cuckoo <laughs> for Cocoa Puffs, right? Because you've showed up differently just since Friday. And I want to really hammer that home, right? Just since Friday, you went through a range of emotions. Then you made a title. You recorded an intro. You showed up here. You're on here. You are a different person. Doesn't mean you won't be pulled back here and there. I've been pulled back many times. But that was also what I have to, when I say that, I have to realize I still didn't have the knowledge I had today. So when I say I got pulled back many times before, I didn't possess the understanding that I understand today. And so you're getting new awarenesses that like whatever's happened to you prior to Friday that happened multiple times in your life, you understand those happenings. You have an awareness of them that is different than you ever had prior to Friday. And it took that one more time for you. And, and I don't know, I can't guarantee that you won't have one more because here's what I know. The gap gets shorter. The level of awareness. So the fact that you're having this in a few days tells me that you're you're there in more ways than one. Like I've had it where like the gap was like three months and then and then it was a month and then it was a week. Like this Sam card deal was like two weeks. Whereas a similar thing happened back in January and it was like two and a half months before the money kind of filled back in. But I still had a little bit more of that scarcity, had a little bit of that, oh crap. And, and not as much of that positive mental momentum that had me moving towards like, no, it's good. Like, we're good, right? And so that's the thing is like, the more awareness we have, the, the, the closer that gap, because there's going to be a little residual that pops up. There's going to be little things that somebody says. And if you can, not like, I'm waiting for it to happen mentality, but just simply a knowing it could happen. And when it does, you're ready for it. You're not caught off guard like, oh my God, I thought this was done. I thought I already got past this. Because I think that's what can happen is you have the epiphany that starts to happen. This You start rolling, the, you start having the dominoes fall and you think you're past it. And there could be people still in your life and other things that are going to pop up from the old you, the residual that's left that you just have to go, no, 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 that's all good. It's all good, right? It's not. It's not like, there's anything wrong with you or you didn't get it or anything. It's just, there's still people in your life. Likely there's still things that you haven't dealt with that might pop up in two years. I mean, I've had people I haven't talked to in a couple of years that like, I'm a completely different person than the person that dealt with that person two years ago. When they pop back up, you know, we deal with this thing in a different light. It doesn't have to be this horrible scenario that happens, but it's like, there's people that all of a sudden I've forgotten about that we haven't communicated in two years. And the person that communicated with them two years ago ghosted them, you know, and all these other things. And maybe I've gotten past that, but I don't remember every person that I've ghosted or wronged or whatever. And so, you know, things will pop up, but that doesn't mean that something that you did in your past and somebody who comes up from your past as a new you, we don't need to think that you're a bad person or you're any of those things. You were a different person then. And um, that's an empowering thing because I've had that happen. And the times I didn't have the awareness, I'm like, shit. You know, I, I thought I was past this type of thing, right? And yet what happened is it's just something that was residual out there was still there. And you are this new person and you can deal with that old thing in a new way. So the new you when somebody says something, doesn't have to be like, oh, yeah, they're right. And maybe I am and all that. You can know. No, no, no. That's not me. You can think whatever you want. but That's not me. Because when you start to know who you are, people that say things in opposition don't have you question it anymore. 
And that's so empowering because that allows what you're seeing with me. However, how many calls have you seen me ever talk? I'm curious. You probably came from Sam Card, it sounds like. So you saw me at least once there, maybe. Um, maybe I think once. Yeah, once. Okay. So you saw me once. This is now twice. Um, but like, there's a person that's showing up here that is continuing to get more comfortable in my skin every time I do it. And it's not coming from, I'm completely uncomfortable. Now I'm comfortable. I just get more and more comfortable, which allows me to be a little quirky and goofy sometimes, which is part of me. But I used to be like either a vegetative state where I'm like, you know, just, uh, you know, and acting really goofy, or it's like, I'm all serious. And I'm talking in my inspirational doing my thing, but like <laughs> being goofy, quirky, saying like gabonics and strange sayings and all that's all part of Michael Gebbin. But every day I do one of these calls, every time I do one of these things, I get more and more in my own skin. It doesn't mean I'm fully uncomfortable and I'm trying to be like, I feel like I shouldn't. It just, it does, it gets easier and easier and more comes out. I just don't know that there's, I, you can't think that you ever hit a place where it stops. And that's that beautiful thing of growth, you know, that's so empowering for you. So you've got, so let's, let me ask this potential final question. Where is an area that you potentially feel um, some fear around moving forward in regards to um, the job's gone, you've got this new path in front of you and you obviously are going to need income. I know, I don't know where you're at financially, but like, where is there fear around any of that? And what do you need to do in your mind to be able to get cash flow going? Where, where is some of the things popping up that has you? Because you're you get ready to take action. <laughs> That's a great attitude. You recorded the intro. You got a name of the podcast. Those things are all great. But where is your thoughts in regards to your ability to earn? Where do you have that? Where are some fears potentially? So the fears are, I'm, you know, this whole world of internet. Right. And social media. I, I can, I can get clients organically. Like I have an event on Saturday. Um, so for me, it's more about how, like, like, I guess maybe knowing my worth. And I don't think at this point, I think I have momentum to, to move forth and get my coursework out and, and stuff. It's just how, like, I know myself, I'm a mover, I'm a shaker. I, I used right. to live in Manhattan. Oh in yeah, California. for sure. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I know how to like boogie, boogie, boogie. And, uh, <laughs> sure. And so, but I don't want to fall into that pattern with where my attention's in all the wrong space. Like, I don't want to go, I, I don't mind going back somewhat into a clinical world. Maybe I'll go into- Let's stop for now. one second. So you just said, I have an event this weekend. I know how to get clients organically. Speak to me about that for a second. Cause you're like identifying, like there's two ways to get clients. And I got this way I know how to do and a way I don't know how to do. And that's what I'm kind of hearing right now. So I got, a, yeah, yeah. I got this whole internet thing. I don't know how to get clients there necessarily, but I got this organic, I got an event coming up. I know how to get clients there, but are those not clients that you're wanting to, to have? Are they in work that you don't want to do? Or oh, no, 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 they are. It's just, um, so the, the in-person live, you know, touching people and it's harder to organize, you know, it's getting, that takes work to get that organized, yeah, but you know how to do that. I do know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of like having the confidence. Like, so for example, I have uh, three women that I was on a retreat with that want me to work with them. So I, I reached out to them, okay. you know, yeah. but I have this you know, 
uh-huh. hesitation. And then I'll be working. Okay, I'll so let's doing- identify the hesitation. What's the hesitation around? Uh, you know, I don't want to. Is it was hesitation the reaching out, or the hesitation yeah, was once you got on the phone? Once I get on the phone, like so what's not that so much hesitation just, about. Yeah, kind of like my value. Like, am I going to ask them for money? It's for me just asking somebody for money. I think mm-hmm. that that's. And why do you not want to ask them for money? Do you? What do you feel in asking them? I don't for know. Money? I want to just give it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I get that. If we can't identify it, we can't, we can't, it's back to awareness, right? If you don't have any, right, right. if you can't, if we can't articulate here, why reaching out's not the problem. Then once I get on the phone, I have a problem around my value and my worth. Cause I'd rather just give it away. What, what is, what is it about asking them for money for you to do your thing, to help them that has you in a him hon, you know, heebie jeebies. I don't know. Like, is it just, I just don't, maybe I just don't value myself you don't value what you do for them like you don't think it's worth anything oh no i do i just i don't know i just feel awkward i don't it's it's like yeah it's probably like more of a self-worth than it is uh okay so let me see if this identifies i mean i i'm a i've seen people where they can probe till they're blue in the face to try to get somebody to say something and i don't try to get what i'm saying is exactly what you're saying but because i relate a lot i used to have it where what i identified around this whole thing that you're having an issue with is that their life will be worse off, even though you know you can help them and you see value in what you do there. If we have more of a, like we're taking from someone, like if they pay you money, you're taking out of their bank account, your bank account will be higher, their bank account will be lower and their life in certain ways will be worse off and your life is better off. When I used to think like, some of that was like, it wasn't crystal clear. Like I didn't speak those. Oh yeah, I'm definitely taking advantage of these people and screwing them over. That's not what I thought. But there was a level of like, if I am worried about reaching out, what is that? And what I started to see is there's a version of that. I'm thinking that somebody's life, like if I, cause if you think about this, if you truly not, you say it right. No different than back to, if I say everything is okay, we'll be okay. And every has been okay but yet I'm stressed out of my mind and anxious and worried, then that's just fluff. That's not real. Everything's okay. I don't have anything to worry about. But if you're like stressed out of your mind, well then just say you're stressed out of your mind because that's BS. Because if everything is okay, everything has been okay, will be okay, it's always okay. Then what are we worried about? Because you know that you'll be okay. Everything will be taken care of. You're gonna live, you're gonna have food, you're gonna have shelter. So what, what's the need to be stressed about? You're gonna move forward, you're gonna do whatever it takes. But the fear is like, I'm gonna have to go back to the clinical. I'm gonna have to go back to this. I'm gonna have to go back to that. And then I've got people that I could help, but oh, I don't know, what is this really worth? And like, and you start going, what I realize is as again, it 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 doesn't mean I I don't want to help and I don't believe I'm not helping. But if I'm really having a problem with charging, it's because I'm thinking, maybe subconsciously, I'm thinking my life will be better. Yours won't. Because by God, Margaret, if you truly believe with every bone in your body that if there is an idealistic person in front of you who's having uh, bad health problems, like you know, the breathing issues, they're, they're stressed, they're, they're sick, they always have migraines, whatever it is that you know that, we don't have to get into that right now, you know all the ways you can help somebody, right? If truly, and because a lot of the world is selling money-making things, so we gotta go, well, I'm not helping, I gotta, you know, directly, I'm not saying, hey, coach with me and I'll make an extra 10,000 bucks, you're saying coach with me and you know, you won't have migraines anymore, right? Let's just say that's what it was. It's like, that's priceless. 
It really is. Think of how debilitating it is for somebody who has daily, I'm, I don't know why I'm using that. Maybe you'll tell me more, but like migraines, how debilitating that it does affect their income. It does affect their relationship. My wife used to get migraines almost every day and she'd have times where she didn't want to do anything. She couldn't get out of bed. So for somebody, now there are people at different levels, right? There are going to be people that have migraines and they, yeah, they won't, might be able to, you know, pay you a hundred bucks to do that. No matter how much they want them to go away, maybe the person that's in front of you just, they don't have any money in their bank account, whatever. And you can get into that, right? Now, granted, a lot of people will do whatever it takes to solve problems. You know, if you knew that uh, if somebody had cancer and they knew that there was a person who 100%, 100% had the cure for the cancer and they would live for another 40 years, what do you think that person would do to achieve getting that so that they could have it. They do anything. Now we go, God, I wish we just give it away to everybody that has cancer. But likelihood is what I found, the first people that I ended up charging were some of my friends in coaching back in 2019 that I had never charged. I helped them my whole life. But what I realized is that I was literally fraudulent in the sense that I am helping someone else live their dream. Why? Because I don't see the value in myself or what I'm doing and, and all these things. I have to go do things that aren't my dream that I don't want to do for a living because I can't value what I'm doing. And those people, what I found is wanted more of my help, but weren't willing to ask because they were afraid and they don't want to bother me and they don't want to annoy me and they don't want to take advantage of me because they're not, I'm not, they're not paying for it. And then I'm like pseudo levels of resentment because I'm really happy that they got a big result, but then I'm like, I got to go do stuff I don't want to do. And so I didn't have the time to do what I really loved. And what I really made an impact with. So my first set of friends, some of it for them did have to do with money. Specifically, it's like they go make $8,000 on a job above what they were going to charge because they spoke to me. Heck, I could charge $7,000. They'd still maybe make it a grand more. I didn't do that, but I could. And it would be a win for both of us. But I used to get zero, zero from that. And so for you, how many professionals are out there just giving everything away, changing people. Look, you're in a healthcare field. People, hey, man, we had some of my wife with uh, food poisoning, man. We got a $50,000 bill for that, for being on a hospital, right? But like, so we could associate the negative who you were in inside the clinical and seeing a lot of bad around. You just want to help people with health. Like, I wish they didn't have to pay this money, but you can still create ways to help them and know that their life is better, that there could be a conniving, manipulative thief who's going to, put a bunch of fancy marketing up and take their money and not help them. And so you can sit here and need to go be in the world that you don't want to be in anymore or start to stand up and know that you're not one of those deceptive, conniving, manipulative, hateful, non-compassionate people, but you care, but you can't help all those people if you don't pay your bills or you got to go do the thing that you don't want the world you don't want to be in because you don't have the courage really to show up powerfully for these people and start wherever you want to start. Like to me, sometimes it's, I call it free to fee or cheaper, like get those little wins. If you had 20 people right now interested in you, I'd rather get 10 of them to give you a hundred dollars might only make a thousand than only one of them to give you a thousand. Cause that gives you 10 opportunities for you to have word of mouth spread. If you only truly help one person, only that one person can tell somebody. If you have 10 people, then 10 people can go tell somebody. And typically what I find is the frequency helps build our confidence. If you only get a result for one person, like, okay. But if you got results for 10 people, you can really solidify, okay, I'm really good at this. And then the next time you could charge 
the next set of people $500 each. And you make up your numbers. You're, the world you live in, 100 might be like, wow, I was thinking, I don't know, I don't wanna charge five, but I could charge a thousand, whatever that number is for you. But, but do that and, 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 and start to realize that you were truly helping people and don't have that lens and filter. Cause that's how I, I wasn't saying that. I knew I wasn't hating on people or taking from them, but to think that I wasn't charging or charging super low or you know all of that, it's because I believed at the end of the day, subconsciously, I am taking from them, that their life is not as good. But now I know, like I'm more bullish messaging people. Like there's still little things that creep up. Like right now, I got 735 people in a Facebook group that either accepted an invite or asked to join. Probably 90% of them have never, once they accepted the invite or joined, haven't even come to a call. I mean, right now, there's 20 people on this call. Right. I got 227 on a Zoom thing that get the emails for this. Right. I have 735 in that raised their hand for a Facebook group. So I can think I need more and more and more and more people. Or what's happened in Tashina, who's on here, has been doing this. And you might want to connect too. That's where like-minded people. There's at least there's Janice who's left comments in here. Janice is doing stuff with people with diabetes. Uh, Tashina's doing stuff in the holistic space. So no coincidence there that there's a few people right now you can connect with who are on that journey. Like Tashina's great. She literally, she's got a full-time job right now though that she doesn't want to do and she's working her way and either what's going to happen is she's going to quit when she wants to quit or they're going to fire her. But like she's making the progress. She's reaching out with people and she's reaching out because she kept going, I don't know how to run ads. I don't know how to do this. But she knew how to create courses, but she wasn't selling the courses. And then she's like, I got 8,000 people that I'm connected with on Instagram and this and that, but she kept saying, I need more, or I don't know how to advertise, or I don't know how to do this. And, and then, then what she started doing, reaching out to 10 people a day of people who've already raised their hand, who are already connected. So likely you already have a network. You already have connections. You already have relationships. So you don't need to learn how to become an online marketer and like hire, delegate ads and have this perfect landing page and courses and all this. Right now, you need to take the knowledge and information you already have the connections and relationships you already have, and ultimately just start the practice of the courage to push through that charging something, charging a little bit more, inching your way up, but essentially knowing that, yeah, for you to not have to go back to that, have that pain be greater than the pain of asking someone for money, right? Because ultimately one's going to happen. Either you can't help these people because you don't make a living. You got to go back and spend your time in an, in an environment that's toxic and unhealthy to you specifically. Um, but yeah, there's, there's people all there and you don't need to go learn all these new skill sets yet to gain momentum for you in the work that you do. Because there's people that need your work, want your work. That's an absolute. And likely you already have a network of people whom if you start to reach out, connect with and go to these events, but just show up more powerfully in the sense that like you have something that can really transform somebody's life. And if you don't have the courage to raise your hand, you know, reach out to them, you know, not sell them, serve them. Most of the people that are buying from me right now, it's because I gave so much value for free. Literally. I haven't, I haven't just like have one thing and it's of no value. And I'm like, give me money. Right. Right now there are people that are on this call that might sign up for my coaching six months from now. You haven't, did you pay for this? Right. I'm spending 45 minutes to an hour with you. I may never talk to you again or see you again, or you might message me three years from now. You might message me 30 minutes from now. I don't know, but I've created this environment, creating through connection to do what I love, provide value to people who aren't paying me. And some of those people, they get to experience 
my coaching, my speaking to resonate with me without having to put anything out there. So that's a way I've chosen, but I still am proactive until I have more demand than supply. I have some proactiveness of reaching out to people because I've been getting some feedback from people who were like, oh man, I'm glad you reached out to me. First of all, I didn't know it existed. I forgot about it. Or, well, this is what I was thinking it was. I'm like, yeah, that's not what happens on it because they were remembering an old Michael Gebbin that they saw four years ago and the way he spoke. And they're like, yeah, I didn't resonate anymore. I'm like, I promise you I'm different than that guy. And some of them are showing up and going, oh yeah, I'm so glad I showed up now. It's the exact right thing. So I don't fear that they're going to be like, dude, why are you reaching out to me? Leave me alone. Get out of my messenger. Like, I don't like you. This is stupid. What you do is stupid. I'm like, I know that I make an impact. And I know that more people than not will thank me that I followed up with them three times to end up saying, hey, because look, this is the thing I want to kind of hammer home here and that Tashina's doing. I am not reaching out to people who do not know me. These 735 have raised their hand. I'm interested in Michael Gebbin, the mind mechanic mind tune-up time. So if they haven't showed up to a call or listened or done something, I've been asking, why'd you join? Like, why'd you accept my invite? Or why did you? And I'm getting interactions going. It's not all turning instantly into money, but it's giving me great feedback to go, oh, that's what people are thinking. Oh, that's what, then I can start to shift some of my messaging, but like, that's all there. I don't need to go find new and random and learn all these new skills right now. And so that creates cash flow that if I want to hire people, I can hire them for the things that I would need to learn otherwise. But you have skills, talents, and gifts that you can help a person, right? Like if you had a person that is your idealistic person to help them in the holistic manner, like, do you need to learn anything? And you're always going to learn and evolve and grow, but you could help that person right, right now. Like if, if you told me all that was an ideal person, like I got a person just for you. Would you need to learn anything else like about that? Or could you help them right now? It's the marketing and promotion and ads and sales copy and email marketing. Those are the skills you may not possess currently, correct? Correct. Right. But you know how to network or connect with people and ultimately speak. And you said you're a ham and you do that. So go more into your strengths to create that cash flow. I would put most of the people I deal with are already talented in a certain area. And in the current moment, they need to create the cash flow through what they know. And a lot of times that's through one-to-one or small group or consults and things like that. Than it is becoming an online marketer, selling a book or a course or any of that. That stuff is actually far more difficult to create cash flow in than it is to be able to reach out, connect, network, get on the phone, sell one-on-one, sell small groups and things like that. Um, because otherwise you're going to have to get 10,000 people to a page that you never talked to those people before you're going to get 1% of them to purchase. And you're going to have to become a really great marketer, you know, and, and you can become great over time. That can be skills. Like I said, you either delegate, or if you really want to learn, you can, but right now for you to not go back to clinical, there are people and connections and reach outs and things that you can do and start just selling a version of one-on-one or small groups or whatever and packaging more of your time. Then I know the elusiveness of the courses and the eBooks and all of that. That's great, but that's going to require a lot more learning or capital um, to do that than it is to just go within the area, you know, uh, does that help? Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. I have, um, I have half of my meditations pre-recorded okay. to create a 30 day. Cause I wanted to have something where people can land. And then I was going to create a Facebook group and do a live once a week sure. um, in that space. But that's just kind of like 
Where and you I can do those like things, right? Like Tashina, Tashina is literally taking the course things that she's created. And in her conversations, she's leveraging that. Sometimes it can be a downsell from like the one-on-one -on -one coaching, or it can be you're signed up for the one-on-one -on -one coaching and I supplement, give this to you. Because again, I just like the proactive approach up front than sitting back. The If you build a day will come is like, I'm going to sit back and put content out and have places that people can buy things and hope they do. But I find that um, in health and mindset and some of those things, you need to become really good at creating volumes of people to get in front of you to sell that way versus if you get likes or comments or shares, not feeling bad to reach out to those people and interact. And a lot of, if you're, you know, a lot of people can fear that they'd rather like, I hope I could just put stuff out and people will buy and I won't have to like actively reach out. But if you can overcome that, it's a powerful way to get you momentum. Um, you know, out of the money that I've made in the last couple of years from coaching, I'm starting to see the residual of the passive, like reach outs from, I did something three months ago and then they, they just pop up and they buy and do things. But up front, there's a lot of proactiveness. I mean, going, Hey, I saw you interact with that. Do you have any questions or things that I could help out with? And then, and then get a conversation They go, yeah, you know, I was, I didn't really quite understand this, or I didn't know. And that helps get you the feedback. So you can more tailor those messages and those things to where you can get the purchases without the interaction. But I just find if you're not a great marketer or are going to hire one or collaborate with people, take the networks and connections you have and start to, to mine those fields first because there's gold there, right? And then you can start to go out from there. And so, yeah. And then reach out. I mean, go in the chat here. Um and whatnot. If you guys want to put your emails or whatever your best ways, I know Jenis, um, uh, Tashina, a couple people there for you um, to, to connect with. But um, I'm excited for you. I mean, you've got a lot ahead of you. I, I think that what I find, there's a lot of super, um, you know, talented people. And uh, it's really been cool to see somebody like Tashina who's here, where it's like, you know, she got her job, her corporate job, it does a little bit of what she likes, but then it's like, you know, trying to learn all these new skills. And right now, like that wasn't a best use of time because she's already done lots of things, has networks and has connections. And you'll see when you interact, it's like, and she's been getting clients, right? She's making progress there, but not in the way that I think initially uh, may become where she goes, but it wasn't in the like Sam Cart model of thinking I'm going to sell $10,000 a month selling a course. She has courses. She could create courses snapping her fingers. But like getting those things to scale and sell consistently, that was becoming the, the difficult thing when she had the ability to connect and, and talk and interact and, and all of that. So um, it's really cool. That just takes those steps every day. You know, she developed a habit and a practice of overall as a default, reaching out to like 10 people, you know, and that that's just something that um, and you can see how she's doing it. That's where I'll let her do that. But um, anyways, any other final thoughts, uh, Margaret? I appreciate you. No, thank you so much. I um when I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm happy you have this because um, I did go back to Sam's cart looking for you and you were gone. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I found you. I remember you say, I was like, I had to find you. So I came and found you. Good. I'm glad I was pretty aggressive. The last, once I knew that they weren't going to have me more, the last two calls I was on, I was like hyper aggressive <laughs> letting people know, but some people had come on a month or two earlier. And that's kind of what I find with my work. People come like you could come and now you got work to do and you're going to go to work and you're going to be doing your thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, but you'll likely remember, and this is why I think a lot of us and what we do, like there's a, um, where's that? I want to read it real quick. If I can remember where I just, um, my gosh, where was it at? I don't know. 
Um, but it was this aspect that we, um, we may never know the impact we have on others, like the results that'll come of it, but we know we'll have no results if we do nothing, right? So there'll be people that you have a little 20 minute conversation with about their health and they don't sign up right now. And four years later they go, Margaret, you, you know, you gave me that advice and oh my God, this is what happened and turn my health around, turn my life around. Or sometimes that can happen and they'll never contact you. And then sometimes it'll happen. And I've had this recently, multiple people that have come back from seeds I planted. One just happened, a, a, a big deal that I'm getting. This is from a decade ago of something I did. And another thing was from three years ago. I hadn't talked to the people in two years. It's a pretty big deal, but they didn't forget me. They didn't forget the way I made them feel. So that's why I'm just, I appreciate you saying that you appreciate this and have it be an example potentially of something that you can bring into the world, you know, and something that you can do to bring value to people. Cause there's people who will sign up now. There's people who will sign up later and there's people that might never sign up, but they'll never forget. And they'll still tell others and, and whatnot. And that's just really, I take selling and switch it to serving. I'm just serving. I'm always doing what I love. And I try to do it in avenues too, where people can see it and whatnot. Um, but it's about serving and helping people. It's not about holding back and holding things hostage and all these kind of language we can give to things, right? But just serving and helping people and uh, and and making offers to people. And some will want it and some won't, but uh, that's okay. You know, you're not here to, no matter what, you can give things away for free and there still will be people that won't sign up. <laughs> so like, don't feel bad about any of that. Just keep serving, keep helping and knowing, focus on what you want, which is your ability to be a holistic health practitioner and be able to show up in a world and help people in a different way than just medicating them or whatever, you know, the all traditional ways. There's a time and a place that makes sense, but there's also a much bigger time and a place for what you do. And the world needs more and more of you to stand up and be bold and be strong and uh, put yourselves out there so that people can find you because the world is needing people like you um, in a world where all we see from the media and certain things is, 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 is something that in a lot of ways isn't helping and serving us. You have to have a greater pain for the fact that like there are those people out there. You don't have to have the responsibility and the weight on your shoulders of it, but simply know that the world does like it's, 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 you have that ability, you have that skill set, you know you want to do it. And so you go out there and you keep putting yourself out there in a bold way, knowing that, yeah, some people you may rub the wrong way. So what? Some will, some won't. So what? Right. And so there's going to be those people that are going to resonate with Margaret, that don't resonate with Tashina, that don't resonate with Jenis, that don't resonate with me, but they're going to resonate with you. Because um, we all have a different back to the frequencies. We tune that in and you're attuning and you're tuning into that new frequency. So don't, don't focus or think about, let, let the cards lay where they may, but don't focus or think about not going back, but rather where are you going? That's the story you want to think about, speak about, talk about, feel into every day. Not, I don't want this. I don't want to go back to that. I don't want that. I don't want that. But just speak and talk about, because I found the more I talked about what I didn't want, the more I got more of it. So don't think about that. Keep moving forward. Let the cards lay where they may. You may have little bumps and you may have a little go backwards, but that's not the point of the big picture. You know where you're going and you will get there. So whatever happens in the interim is what it is, but focus on where you're going, focus on what you want, and you will get there. Don't worry about a little missteps. They'll likely happen. That's okay. That's part of the journey. Um, they're not, you're not broken or anything else. So anyways, I can go on and I get so fired up, but anyways, Margaret. Much Thank love. You. Let me pull up here. Let's do our little, uh, I always love to do a little uh, thumbs up here at the end. So just look in your camera, give me a big smile, thumbs up, and I'll take a little screenshot. Oh. <laughs>
cool. Awesome, Margaret. Thank you. Keep me posted. And if you end up needing to get connected, if you didn't get connected with them, let me know. And we'll, I'll take it from there. Right, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. You're welcome. Thank you, Margaret. Right. Rock and roll. Cool. Awesome, everybody. Much love, everybody. Appreciate you coming here today. Uh, appreciate y'all so much. And so super, super powerful. Uh, every week there's an, uh, it seems like people who come back again and again, there's always a new insight. There's always a new breakthrough. And I find that what we've all got to realize is there's, there's a lot of similarities, right? It's, it's no coincidence. When I held the mind tune up meetup, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, people who'd never known of each other, even online or even in the zoom chats, um, had connections, that once they started talking, it's, it's like, it's the tuning into the radio frequency, right? Like you're all tuned into a certain frequency being on this call and it's a similar frequency. So the likelihood is the people who are on these calls, you all have a lot more in common than you really realize. Every once in a while, somebody tuned in and they're like, ah, I think I'm on the wrong frequency. I think this is the wrong radio station. And they pull off. And the reality is they're maybe just not ready right now, but they might be ready later or they might not. That's okay. But each one of you got a lot in common. And I think it's it's very fascinating for me to see the similarities in people. You know, the holistic thing coming up. We got other holistic people. Music, there's other music people like these things. And so it's super powerful. I'm uh, grateful for all of you. I will see you all next Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, tune-up time, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you go to mindtuneuptime.live.com, you can register for the Zooms. You can join the Facebook group. You can also see where you can access the, the replays of this. Um, usually, we're going to be doing my best here to get these up within a few days. I'm shooting for Thursday. So the uh, live calls on Tuesdays, and we get them out on the things on, uh, on Thursdays. And then some of you, yes, uh, Gail, I will see some of you on Thursday for those of you who are in the Mind Coach, uh, Mind Tune of Coaching Experience. Um, so that group calls on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. If you have questions about that, send me a message on Facebook or you can go to mindmechanic.net, click uh, coaching. So appreciate y'all so much. So much love. Uh, keep rocking, keep rolling. We'll talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye.